Don't let life pass you by. It's time to go big at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Whether you're working toward a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, MGCCC can help get you there with a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11. So what are you waiting for? Visit mgccc.edu to register for spring classes today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Let in Bill WD-40 into the Spreaker chat room. Bill's going to lube us up for tonight's show, as he does each and every night. Hello, awesome cat chaser. How are you? Uh, nice to have you here. No, that's not my hair. That's just part of the part of the toque that Tim got me. Part of the toque that Tim got me. It's uh, It actually covers up the ears. I've just got the ears uh, pulled up right now. So that's how it looks. Warm as anything. It's it's a good call, little Timmy Senor. It's a very good call. Tracy Scott, good morning to you in the UK. Can't wait to see you in Vegas. And uh, who else we got here? I don't know. There's Bill WD-40. He's lubing up the chat room right now, spraying the WD-40 everywhere. <laughs> I got scared. I didn't think Varla was going to show. I, I got scared. Yeah, It was a close one. It was by it was by a, a, a red hair, that's for sure. You know, <laughs> we got twenty seconds. Chat room looking good, everyone. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, and hit subscribe if you are brand new. We'd greatly appreciate it. Our store is open on our website, spacedoutradio.com. Super chat is open. Hi, Kanga Anon. Horns up. Let's rock this. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by listening to Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show for you tonight. The Queen of the Cryptids, Varla Ventura, is back to talk about some spooky, crazy, unbelievable Christmas stories and Christmas monsters. Then in hour number three, we're going to go to the swamp. Super Duke's here for the Cryptid Report, and I've got the Dave 101 a little bit later. All right. Varla Ventura is one of our monthly guests that we bring on this show where she... 
who we call the Queen of the Cryptids, comes on in and talks about the darker side of the monsters among us. Varla is an accomplished author. You can find all of her books at any major bookstore. Her website, varlaventura.net, as we look to bring Varla in here with a Merry Christmas to Varla. And, oh. and I'm, hey, right when you said that, I, I pulled the peace card. So there you go. Nice. Very nice. I'm running late, and I didn't pull all the cards right before I barely got the candles lit. And then I was on the wrong thing, and, you know, <sighs> here I am. Hi. Bye. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas. Good to have you here, Varla. And, you know, you have, a, you have a legitimate excuse. Your son had hockey tonight, and you know. Yeah, and they won. You know, that will always pass with me. That will always yeah. pass with me. Why are you late, Varla? My son was at hockey. Okay. Not a problem. And the roads were, like, they weren't as horrible as they were They were. Everyone said they were going to be, but they weren't fun. You know, there were a few cars off on the sides every few miles. So I chalk that up to overzealous teenagers, though. Well, of course not, you do. Con- not hockey moms with four wheel drives. <laughs> I know the feeling. By the way, yeah. uh, last night was my my son's last hockey practice before the Christmas break. Uh huh. I couldn't tell which was colder. Outside the rink mm-hmm. or inside the rink? Well, here, the rink was about 30 degrees warmer than it was outside. We were in the negative teens when we pulled into the parking lot. So I got in the rink and I was like, hey, this is great. <laughs> this is warm. And then oh, by the yeah. end of it, it wasn't warm anymore. You know how it goes. But yeah, it's really horribly cold here. So I you know, happy to be here. I'm in my nice cozy office, lit a bunch of candles. Um, got a tired hockey player in bed. So we're all, we're good to go. Excellent. <clears throat> Sorry well, if I scared you. That's okay. <laughs> I'll just remember the no reply to the text messages. <sighs> you know what? Okay, wait, no, I, I left my phone in the car and I went back out to get it and it was so cold. It was, it was frozen. And so I had to like plug it in and then I left it. I ran down here to plug in and I was like, I bet Dave probably texted me and said, are you coming? Where are you? And um, yeah, I was just well, too busy lighting you, candles. You put a smile on my face because you're here and we get to talk monsters all night long, which is always awesome when we get that opportunity to talk with you. But before we go any further, what are some of Varla Ventura's Christmas traditions? Oh, let's see. What are my Christmas traditions? Um, well, I love chopping trees down, actually. I know that's not like particularly ecologically um, friendly, but I love going out and chopping a tree down with my son. And the tree farm that we always go to actually names all the trees after famous people, but frequently it's someone you've never heard of. I mean, like our tree was named... Um, it was named Raphael, oh, what was it, Raphael Peel. Turns out Raphael Peel was this like really famous artist who was kind of the first artist to ever be known for painting still lifes, but I had never heard of him. And Raphael Peel was growing like in between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Wilford Brimley on the tree lot, you know? Um, so we 
chose Raphael. And then, um, yeah, so the tree farm has all these different names and some of them are people you might recognize and some of them aren't. So that's kind of a fun thing every year is just to figure out who this person is. And then the other fun thing that we like to do is there's a store in our town, like in the shop local, there's a store in our town and we, um, we get a group or either a group of friends or family who, it depends on who's here. And we all take 10 bucks and we have um, like under an hour and we have to go in the store and find You pull the name out of a hat, just depending on, so you kind of randomly get a person and then you have, you know, an hour or less to go in and find a present for this person with the 10 bucks in your pocket. And it's just kind of like a scavenger hunt sort cool. of fun little deal. So, yeah. Oh, that's always fun. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Over here at the Scott household, we used to get uh, real trees. That was until the people who uh, had the only tree farm in town decided that they were getting out of the tree business Mm. and they just let their trees go to hell and uh, no pun intended. And they they just weren't very nice. So like we were literally, we were literally forced to go and uh, buy a fake tree which we did last year. So this is year number Because two you didn't want to pay $175 to saw your own tree down in the cold. No, no. no. <laughs> number number one, I bring my chainsaw. Number two, the trees up here are like 20 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice. I'm not paying $175 yeah, no, they, for a tree. The tree farms here have become uh, like fewer and, and farther between, I guess. Um, there was quite a drought here for a couple of years, so it really impacted them. And now they're in this habit of like making a reservation, but the reservations are all, you know, in the middle of the week when the kids are in school. And it's like, well, I'm not going to go out there by myself. That's not very fun. No. So, um, yeah, it's become, you know, it used to be you just pick one and drive out to it and show up and you know they hand you a really dull saw and you just go for it part of the experience oh yeah but, um oh yeah i you know what though i had a, re- a real emotional moment the other day as as you know my mom has been ill and mm-hmm. uh, my mom is now in a home and you know my dad you know you know i mean my parents are on a limited budget and and my dad was like geez you know uh mom's not going to be here. You know, we're going to have to go get mom from the, from the home. And I, you know, I really want to get the kids some of it. And I said to him about a week ago, I said, dad, 50 years of gifts, you've kind of done enough, you know? And he, he was crying. He, he was crying. It was hurting him. Right. And, you know, and I said, I said, dad, you know what? just don't worry about gifts for us. You know, we we're old enough. We can, we can support ourselves and all this, just come have a good time and all, you know, all that sort of stuff. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll do that. Blah, blah, blah. So anyways, long story short, this past Sunday, I go into this store that in town, it's called a red apple. And it's kind of like a cheaper version of Walmart, but it's it's what we have here in our town. And anyways, so I, I get some little stuff, you know, for my grandson and I'm looking for my boy and I pick yeah, up grandbaby. I pick, <laughs> I pick up I pick up some socks, right? And get to the register and this lovely young lady 
Whether you're working towards a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, we can help you get there with a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11th. Visit mgccc.edu to register today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Don't let life pass you by. It's time to go big at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Whether you're working toward a bachelor's degree or training for a technical career, MGCCC can help get you there with a wide variety of classes offered online and on campus. Spring term begins January 11th. So what are you waiting for? Visit mgccc.edu to register for spring classes today and go big with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Behind the counter, she sees me put a bunch of socks on on the counter, and she's like, oh, socks, the greatest Christmas present ever. You know, who can, you can never have too many socks. And I and I it it punched me right in the face, what she said. And I looked at her and I said, Oh my God, this is the first Christmas that my mom won't get me socks. Aww. And I started getting emotional right there. I said, My mom isn't pe-. I said, Don't get me wrong, my mom isn't dead. You know, she's but she's in a home now. And I said, This is the first Christmas without socks. And I started to weep up in there. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I'm like, honey, you you just brought together beautiful memories. I said, that's what you did. And I'm very thankful that that you recognize the importance of something so, you know, limitless like socks. And so I call up my dad the next day and I'm like, dad, I know what you can get us. And he's like, what? I said, just go buy socks. We don't need anything else, but the one family tradition that we have is you and mom get us socks, all the kids' socks every year. And I said, we need them goddamn socks, right? <laughs> and my my dad was just like, my dad was just like, okay. And he started crying because he's like, that's a tradition. I'm like, yeah, dad, that's a tradition. You know, I said, just keep it going. You have that opportunity to keep it going. So that's what we're doing. And I look forward to it. My dad was out. I love that. He called me the next day and he was all, he was all, uh, uh, proud because he, he was going sock shopping. Yeah. I mean that it's a practical gift. It's kind of a little bit of like a, kind of a joke gift in a way of like oh what did you get for me oh i got you socks but it's also a gift that everybody loves I me mean, you need socks so i know it's- and and it's and it's amazing because about about 28 years ago we were all sitting around my parents house my sister and her husband were there and you know none of us had kids yet and my mom got us socks and we were all like oh socks 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 and my mom thought we were making fun of her So the next Christmas, there was no socks under the under the tree. So we're all looking around, and and my mom's socks. My mom's name is Phyllis, (laughs) and we're all like, "Hey, Phil, where's the bloody socks?" And she's like, "You all made fun of me last year for getting you socks." So I thought it was just a joke, and I wasn't wasting money on 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 a joke present. We're like, "Mother." Like, we look forward to the socks every year. And she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know. I thought you guys were just being were being cruel. And I'm like, no, 
<laughs> oh, your poor mom suffered that whole year I without didn't... knowing that. <laughs> well, I mean, you bring up a, a great point, though, just like those memories. I know it can be a really, really hard time of year um, because it's also a time of year when you really miss people that you're used oh, to yeah. seeing um, people who have passed away or people you're far away from. And so that can be um, really an emotional part of the holidays that is kind of glossed over with cheerful music and things like that. But I think probably one of the best, well, probably what I'm looking forward to the most. And, you know, I feel like, well, you know how this is when you, when you're, kids are younger you kind of are like spending so much time wrangling them I guess to a certain extent that you you're I I mean I've appreciated every age and I've loved every age but there was a lot more stress involved I'd say like before public school (laughs) basically you know it's like how are you gonna work and pay for daycare and get your kid there and all these kind of things and then, you know, uh, I would say, like, for, for whatever reason, things have shifted a lot for me in the last couple of years. And I think I just had that realization that, you know, my son isn't going in reverse. He's not going to suddenly become a toddler and, you know, come say funny things. Um, and I just made a real vow to just try and appreciate the experience that I was having with him as much as I could. And... But then you get to the holidays and it gets all hectic and you got deadlines and all of these things kind of seem to pile up. And um, yeah, so one of the things that I've really been working on and that I'm really looking forward to as a tradition is honestly the just the, the leisureliness of these few days in between Christmas and New Year's when there's not a lot scheduled. We don't drive anywhere. We don't go anywhere. We don't have any hockey games. We just have like time together. And, you know, we had our our first completely uninterrupted day together. um, Like the day yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. And we hadn't had that in like months, you know, since school started. And we got, we did all these fun things. We played these games. We, um, I don't know, we, we, we both felt really accomplished. And then my son was like, yeah, today was a really satisfying day. And I was like, yes, it was. But then we tried to say what we had done and we really hadn't done that much. And I realized like, that's it right there. It's like just that spending time together because, you know, one day um, they'll be gone. Yep. And and uh, the best way to, to you know, the, the antidote to that is to just soak up every second that you can with the people that you love i absolutely agree absolutely agree and get them socks (laughs) bring them bring them socks man bring them socks you never go wrong socks are a great gift yeah i I agree are there spaced out radio socks because there need to be you know what i've been trying i think i was trying to create some and they just weren't turning out the way i wanted so I, I will get some made. I can get some well, made. You, what do you want? Tube socks? Is that your, your tube sock style, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a tube I, I think, sock style, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know exactly what kind of socks you wear. <laughs> I already know that about you without without ever seeing your feet. Of course. I play hockey. you got to get the, the socks <laughs> past the skates. You know a certain kind of sock, yeah. <laughs> Most of my socks, though, have designs on them, you know? 
This is why I tell people, insult Justin Trudeau all you want, but leave his sock collection alone because his sock collection is innocent. That man has some fine socks. He's got some fine yeah. socks, he, but that, that's <laughs> about it. That's about it. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's. We got six minutes to go here uh, before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. You know, when I think of Christmas monsters, varlaventura.net, all I think about <laughs> is Krampus. And, yeah, yeah. And I got to be honest with you. I don't like Krampus. I don't like thinking about dirty, mean monsters at this time of the year. But to them, it's just another day. Yeah, I mean, you invited the wrong guest if you don't want to think about dirty, mean monsters this time of year. <laughs> but Krampus is definitely gets the most PR for sure. He is like the most well-known. Um, there's actually a Krampus that appears at a little um, outdoor holiday market here. And um, they've taken to putting Krampus on the schedule because he frightens children so much. Now, he doesn't like... You know, here in the States, we don't just snatch children up out of a, out of a crowd to let, you know, but but back in the day during like the Christmas parades, there'd be someone dressed as Krampus and they would legitimately like, you know, snag someone and run around the whole village with this screaming child. So there's there's I think there's layers of trauma involved <laughs> with Krampus for a few generations, but he goes back really even further than, you know, we, we go back into pre-Christian times when we have a whole host of pretty fabulous goat footed um, creatures that gallivant at night. Um, and, and before we dive too deep into all of those creatures that it's, it's important to remember that this time of year, and we talk about the magic of Christmas but this time of year is traditionally known to be a time of like high magic. So whether you're going for the like holy aspect of magic or you're recognizing like a ritual on the solstice, there's a lot of, um, you know, cross-cultural beliefs about the magic at, of this time of year. And I'm not just talking about like, oh, you know, some like whatever story from the Bible about a, a uh, star appearing in the sky. Uh, I'm talking about the idea that very strange things are afoot. And this includes a time when the veil is extremely thin as we approach the darkness, right? The darkest day, the longest day of the year, which we just had, but today felt just as long, in my opinion, just, just to shorten the, the night just as long. Um, as we approach this time, it's thought to be a time much like Halloween when the veil is very thin. And so ghosts and, and little ghoulies and spooky things can, can cross through. And the 12 nights of Christmas, which appear in so many in the 12 days of Christmas, they appear in all of these carols and, and stories and things. They're really the 12 days leading up to Christmas in which like magic and that veil is at its thinnest. And, uh, you know, in Roman times, the 17th through the 23rd, roughly of December was Saturnalia, which was a celebration of the god Saturn. Who? Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? Driving high will get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high, well, everyone else can. Friends? I can tell you drove high. Parents? I can tell when you drive high. Relatives? 
I can tell. You drove here high, didn't you? So what makes you think law enforcement can't? I can tell. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Incidentally, goes in the category that I like to call gods that also look like Santa. And he completely appears as this wizened man with, like, you know, a long beard and talks about um, the passage of time and death. And But there are all these celebrations around this time. And uh, there's a lot of interesting things that can happen. Animals start to talk if you're caught out in the darkness on one of the 12 nights, in particular on Christmas Eve. At midnight on Christmas Eve, if you draw water from a well, you may draw blood instead. Um, You know, all kinds of like really intense things that can happen, uh, much like we're told can happen on, on Halloween on all on Samhain, right? Yes. Yes. It's a very, very magical time of year. So that is why there are so many strange creatures and traditions, many of which have kind of um, fueled our more modern view of Santa, especially here in North America, we have kind of a, a, an amalgamation of so many different cultures and their beliefs and all of these different like creatures. So Krampus is among them, but there's a whole host of others. And each one of them has a little bit of, or I should say Santa, as we know him, has a little bit of all of these um, beings in, in, in him. There's origin stories there. So, um, and we'll see those all kind of come together tonight as we just just go for it and, and get get into all those. They're not all scary, though. There are some nice ones. I'll save the nice ones for a little later. That way you leave on a high note, you know? <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. You know, but, you know, I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, the only thing that I was scared of was getting coal from Santa Claus, you know? I wasn't worried yeah. about getting kidnapped by Krampus or anything along those lines. It just didn't it just didn't play well with me. I didn't really learn about Krampus until I was in my um, 20s living in San Francisco. And there was a, um, a bar that would have Krampus knocked on like I think it's January or um, December 5th. And so. I was like, what's this? There's this devilish looking creature with holding a child and a sack of presents in front of a Christmas tree on the poster. So I was like, what's this? I got to go to this. This looks interesting. And that's this 
particular bar. I, I don't know if they still do it because I think the bar doesn't exist anymore, but they would have this whole celebration and somebody would be dressed as Krampus and they would run through and they would snag someone, but it was u- usually be a friend, you know, that, that knew it was going to happen and they would come and like steal them. So, wow. Yeah. times. This is why we bring her in for the weird and strange. She is the queen of the paranormal darkness. And we love her around here, VarlaVentura.net. You can find all of her books at any major bookstore. We continue with Varla right after this. Scowling Greg O'Brien, if I could still play Atari, I would. I'm kind of jealous about that, if that is true. How's Varla Ventura doing? Great. I'm doing great. I might I might go um, run and grab my phone that's charged now in case you need to text me anything during the show. <laughs> no, I don't usually. <laughs> How are you, Dave? I'm, I'm doing good. I've had a stressful day. I've had a stressful day. Oh, I'm day. sorry I added to that stress at the very end there. Because if I had had my phone, I would have said, I'm on. I just went to the wrong link because oh. that's what happened. First, I went to Skype and it was like, oh, duh, it's not on here. Then I went to Facebook and then I clicked the old link and I was like, oh, there's nothing happening. Did I do something wrong? And then I looked up at the top and saw um, the title of the show and realized it was the last link and the link was underneath it. So I was, it took me about five minutes to get through all of that. Mm-hmm. I know. I was like so proud of myself <clears throat> for getting for getting home in time and everything mm. the bad roads. I was like, Oh, I got this. I got this. Yeah. No, I, um, I woke up this morning. I did a great interview. Uh, thank you. Bigfoot Michigan, Rob for having me on his show earlier today. Ooh, and, cool. uh, then from there, while I'm doing the interview, our con, my contractors come over cause they're finishing up my, my en suite. And, Whoa. And, Aren't you fancy? Yeah, so... Uh, you have to go down the hall anymore, huh? Yes, I don't have to go down the hall for my own suite. So I, I can officially poo in my own bathroom now because there's a new wow. toilet in there, so I'm pretty happy about that. And, um, yeah, so moving on from there, uh, they they were putting in the bathtub that I got. Well, my bathtub is supposed to be made for two people. I was sold on the fact that it was made for two people because I like a big tub, okay? I like to sit and relax and stretch out in a tub. And then I look at it, and I said, that's the wrong tub. Oh, no. Oh, come on. Well, no. This is the tub you ordered. I said, no, this is the tub I was told I was getting. I said, does this look like it could fit two people? I said, I said, this tub can fit two people if those two people are about five foot three and 110 pounds each. <laughs> I crawled in there and I've got these short, stubby penguin legs and my legs were still <laughs> my, my, my legs. I couldn't even once I sat my fat ass down in the tub, I couldn't even couldn't even uh, stretch my legs across before they were buckling. And oh, oh, that's that's a small tub. And so I, I literally said, I, I said to the guy, I said, "This isn't the tub. We were told we're getting a two-person tub." 
and we're not this isn't a two person tub. Now, because all my stuff at my house was supposed to be done by November when the ground starts to freeze. Of course. And of yeah. course and of course I have one of these contractors who takes on about thirty eight freaking jobs mm-hmm. at the same time and he'll come in for a couple of hours, bang like three nails, and then he's gone for five weeks, right? Hate that. If you're a contract <laughs> no, if you're seriously, if you're if you're a contractor out there, pull your head out of your ass and finish the fucking job. Pardon my language, okay, <laughs> before you go on to your next job. Okay, because you're still charging full rate and you're ripping people off at the same time. You really are. Pisses me off. You have no idea how much that pisses me off. But nonetheless, you know. I think we have an idea now. (laughs) Anyways, so with the tub coming today, that was my Mount St. Helens moment. And I and I I, I blew my stack. Okay, I blew my stack today. Yeah, believe it or not, people, Dave gets mad every now and again. I'm not just a happy... Dave has a limit. I I do have a limit. Hi, Adrian Tobin. How are you? Welcome to SOR Chat. I'm not typing them all in. Wait, seriously, I have to show you something to make you feel really good. I just pulled this card. Look, look at it. Wait, let me see if I can get it. Look at it. Look at the hat. And yeah. the beard. Nice. It's basically you. That is awesome. It's the high priest. I know, right? I couldn't believe it. I did it while you were talking, too. Nice. Oh, so cool. So uh, uh, cool. Big See? thank you tonight. To, big thank you tonight to <laughs> W. David Page, Cat Chaser, Von Patrick, D. Cohen, and Lily Pond for the super chats. Hi, Mama Susan. How are you? Uh, who else is here? Uh... See, I'm not even allowed to get mad. Now I got people in the chat room getting mad at me. Anyways, here we go. Why? For being mad? You can't get mad at Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you coming on in. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, Reading the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Varla Ventura is here once again. VarlaVentura.net is her website. You can find Varla Ventura's books at any major bookstore across North America or on places like Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And we're always loving it when she is here for her visit one time a month for Our Cryptid World. But this time we called it Our Cryptid Christmas. Varla, welcome back. Why, thank you. You're very welcome. Here. Very, very welcome. Anyways. <laughs> oh, that was a good voice. <laughs> Just just for the audience to know, Varla Ventura will be one of our special guests at our Vegas event for the second annual Las Vegas Fan Party. 
and she will be hanging out, being part of our our live show, and she's going to be bringing some books down. So if you want to get a book off of her, she'll autograph it there for you. And uh, I'm so looking forward to you being I'm only bringing two, though. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So, you know. Bring three. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just three. Just three. (laughs) That's all you need. I'm going to bring one whole half of my suitcase. It's going to be books, and the other half is going to be bling. And by bling, I mean black. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. And Varla and I are going to get tattooed in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. We're going to get the Spaced Out Radio Owl, I believe. Uh, We are, yes. Isn't that what we're doing? We are. we got to figure out where. Doesn't matter. 24-hour tattoo parlor in Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, we got to go off the strip, though. No, we we can. can, I can do do a little uh, research. Yeah, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, yeah, so we are getting tattooed though. So if you want to get okay. tattooed with us, you got to come to Vegas for the fan party. And uh, info at spacedoutradio.com. Info at spacedoutradio.com. Uh, it's 60 bucks a person, 100 bucks if you want a VIP. So, pretty good deal for a weekend of fun. Pretty darn good deal. Come hang out with us, please. Just please be there. <laughs> Just, please, just, please, for the please, love of God. For the love of God, just come have some fun. Sign up. Us. Come have some fun with us. Yeah, anyways, right before the break, we were talking about Krampus, but you mentioned something about the 12 days of Christmas, you know, not being really what we know it as. What's this all about? What's this? You know, interestingly, the way I first found out about the 12 days of Christmas being a time of high holy magic in folklore other than my own experiences. And um, I think, you know, most people know I was raised by a witch. So solstice was a big deal, of course. And basically Halloween just kind of carried over into Christmas anyway. We had, you know, pumpkins and things on the pumpkin lights on the Christmas tree. But I actually was reading a somewhat obscure um, uh, uh, entry in a journal that was published by Charles Dickens. And I think we all know Charles Dickens because he wrote The Christmas Carol, which is essentially a Christmas ghost story, right? And uh, he 
turns out he was actually really obsessed with Christmas ghosts. The paranormal a little bit, but more sort of like ghost stories. Um, and this particular one was about um, a group of people who all went to stay in this abandoned house. And the idea was that each person stayed in the house and kind of like communed with the ghost of that room. And the way he did it was a creative fiction project, but the way he did it was to kind of lay it out and he assigned out the different rooms like here's the captain's room and here's the maid's room and he assigned it out to different somewhat well-known writers of the time including including wilkie collins who is known for the woman in white was a big, um big deal short story stage play back in the you know 1800s um and um he was a bit of a, a paranormalist himself so anyway charles dickens he used to put out this thing called all year round which was a, um, a journal, and there was always a Christmas edition of this. And uh, totally cool. Like, you can actually, um, if you do a little sleuthing, like, there's a really wonderful site um, called Gutenberg, named after, of course, the uh, original printing press, the Gutenberg Press. And it's a, an, an archive of public domain works that have been scanned to, in order to preserve them. And it's a little budgety, like it's not going to be like, oh, you go on Amazon and get your Kindle version and it's like perfectly formatted and it's like turning a page. It's a little wonky when you um, get into the digital, um, you know, the digital files there. But you can find a few of these Charles Dickens things called All Year Round. And so anyway, this was all part of a project. And in it, he writes this like pretty elaborate introduction but the introduction isn't the creative fiction part he writes about kind of why he is so obsessed with christmas and why he thinks about christmas ghosts and it's really interesting it's like if you were a dickens scholar it's a lot of insight into why the three ghosts show up in the christmas carol um and you know why he would even think of ghosts at that time because it was very common to think of ghosts at that time now, we know that we think of ghosts at this time because we're remembering people we've lost. And again, that can be a time that we associate Halloween with, um, like Day of, Day of the Dead. Dia de los Muertos is like a time that we sort of celebrate and remember the dead. But Christmas is a time when we also do that, but we do it in, in more of a sorrowful way and um, kind of more in, instinctively. So he was the one who said, yeah, the 12 nights of Christmas, there's the 12 days of Christmas, but it's the 12 nights of Christmas you got to be worried about because you really are not to be running amok in the darkness during this period of time. There are goblins and ghouls and fairies and things that can um, snatch you into the night. And of course, there's frostbite and some other kind of like, you know, there's darkness and um, you know, just the temperatures drop and obviously, you know, it's dark. You might stub your toe on a rock or something. There's a lot of reasons you don't necessarily want to be wandering down a darkened path late at night. It's a time to come together, um, huddle around that hearth, you know, light candles, try and kind of burn away the impending darkness. A lot of us feel a sort of impending darkness and um, malaise or doom or seasonal affective disorder, whatever you want to call it. It, it does. It's, it's, it's a, it's a fact that it affects people and the pressure of, you know, that kind of pressure cooker of like all of the Christmas stuff you're supposed to do can kind of send you over the edge. But um, this is a time when literally the veil is so thin that ghosts pass through. 
And so our instinct to think of people who have not, who aren't with us anymore, especially loved ones are, you know, um, a time to really like invite those ghosts in, I guess, and, and let them sit by the fire. So Dickens was totally obsessed with these. And he was the one who wrote um, this thing about animals being, being able to hear animals on Christmas Eve, being able to understand them and hear them speak. But the greatest part about it is that it wasn't a positive thing. Like you and I might think, Ooh, that's a cool power. Like if I could just like, you know, sit out on my porch and, I hear the owl and then I can like communicate with it. That'd be really cool. This was not that. This was like, like the donkey and the horse and the pig were complaining about the people in the house. And it was just sort of like this, this uh, thing where you realize that they're, they're a little bit evil. Like they're kind of plotting against us, you know, whatever pigs will, it will eat humans. So, um, (laughs) just to go down that road. So yeah, so the idea of that, I kind of stumbled upon that and then started putting some pieces together from different celebrations around this time of year. We have winter solstice. I know we talk about this when the holidays come up, but you know, say what you want about the Roman Catholics and their Inquisition, but they were very good at overlapping something that meant a lot to people and holding fast for a few hundred years until it really until it really became a new tradition. And Christmas is an excellent example because there are, um, you know, fire-based pagan rituals from around the world that happen to occur right around the same time as the, well, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, the winter solstice and um, the darkest time of the year. Oh, it's no coincidence that, you know, Christmas itself comes just a few days later. So it was a a great way to integrate people who didn't want to accept that faith, but kind of were forced to anyway, but to kind of get the, you know, whatever, the butts in the seats of the church, right? It's like people are going to show up, you're going to give them food, and you're going to say, yeah, this is a time you celebrate anyway. But also, don't you know about this story? This is the real story. And, you know, eventually over time, that just became the real story, like any, um, you know, like any, any um, commonly accepted folklore. So, yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) There There you go. go. There you go. I mean, the idea, though, that, you know, as spirituality has kind of moved forward, you know, Christmas over the years has taken such a different array of meanings for different people, you know, whether it's pagan, whether it's Christian, whether it's agnostic or, or whatever it may be. Are the heathen heathen? heathen? Did you say heathen? <laughs> yes, it did. <clears throat> wow. Gotta um, represent the heathens. Hey, Varla and the heathens. That's a good band name. Oh, that's a great band name. Absolutely. Now playing in Vegas. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, with Wayne Newton, Dunka Shane. <laughs> yeah, it's the surprising punk rock opener. <laughs> you got that right. But the point that I'm getting that does it change the folklore depending on what your belief is? Well, absolutely. I mean, of course, because people see what they want to see, and um, you know, I I have a a, a brother actually. Uh, raised by the same mother, the same, we have the same mother and he is um, uh, of a very different faith than I am. 
And every once in a while, he'll say, oh, don't don't forget to teach your son the, you know, the real story of Christmas. And I I don't I don't get into it because I know what what story I I've taught him. Right. I'm solid with that. So don't really need to go down that road of arguing, arguing tit for tat about who 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 was there first, you know, the the pagans and their trees or the um, St. Nicholas, you know, so. Um, but yeah, it absolutely does change it. But what I, and and I, I don't actually dismiss any of them. Um, I, I think that he's wild. He's sweet. He'll shred your couch on a whim. Then come crawling back to you, purring happily at your feet. His behavior may be erratic, but he's still the world's best cat who deserves nothing less than world's best cat litter. The number one natural and sustainable litter brand with no harmful chemicals or silica dust. Trade your clay today. Get world's best cat litter for the world's best cat. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. All of the stories that we tell around this time have tremendous value. The most common one is the one of Christian faith. And that is a very unifying story. And it is a time when people become unified. And that story is something that keeps them um kind of just reminds them of why they chose that faith and what they think is you know morally right and morally wrong but there's you know whatever your belief system is there's always going to be some kind of um uh tidbit that it i mean they're all these systems are all all real and true and they they all have value so what i find most interesting is the connection between all of those. Um, and especially when it comes to Christmas and our big old Santa Claus guy, I mean, he's a fairy spirit. So of course I'm like 100% on board. He's a fairy spirit. Um, but he's got Norse origins. He's got Southern Italian origins. I mean, he's got origins from all around the world and all of these really kind of different variations that feed the idea of who he is. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the folklore, of course, folklore is malleable because it's storytelling, but there are like actual evidentiary facts that don't change. Like it's a fact that people burn a Yule goat, you know, in Sweden, like that's a fact, like you can go search it up and find a, a, a Yule goat burning cam. Um, so like, that's a tradition that carries on. So there are factual stories or facts and and maybe the facts are just that these stories exist um that you can't disprove because people are celebrating them uh but the folklore itself uh is just a representation of the of the time and the belief and we've talked before dave about people calling things the same thing but it's a different time. So we have different words for it, or you're in a different country. So you have a different word for it and the connections between, you know, 
just things like uh, alien abductions and uh, people being kidnapped into the fairy realm and the time lapse and things like that that are very, you know, poltergeists and hobgoblins in your home and all these kinds of things that we can call one thing, but they might have, we might just be describing the same thing with different language. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So in regards to Santa Claus, let's talk Santa Claus here for a little bit, because believe it or not, I'm still a big believer in Santa Claus. I so believe in Santa Claus. He's the realist. I, I am so into Santa Claus. I believe in Santa Claus. I'm 49 years old. I refuse to give that one up. Okay. I gave up on the Easter Bunny years ago. All right. Uh, don't, yeah, well. You know, but. He's a puka, so, but, you know. But Santa Claus, I ain't giving up on him. I still swear that if I went trekking through the North Pole that I would literally find his house. I, you'd probably convinced. find it in Finland is where you'd find it in the nor- the northern part of Finland because a lot of um, even I mean everybody says that they have the original Santa Claus except everybody agrees Finland is the most likely place because part of Finland is in the Arctic Circle which is essentially Santa, Santa the North Pole. Cla- Santa Claus is Canadian. Canadian Finnish? <laughs> yeah, absolutely Canadian. Sure, citizen of the great country of Canada. Well, but he does have from... he does have an address here. He does have an address, oh. a legal address. Santa Claus, North Pole, Canada, H O H O H O. That is a registered. Did you know that in Italy, Santa says O O O O H O H O H, not H O H L. I learned that last year. I had no idea. He says, "Oh, oh, oh!" Instead of "ho, ho, ho." Yeah, anybody can anybody <laughs> can go and email and uh, send a letter to Santa Claus, and you will get a reply by sending a, a so children's awesome. letter to Santa Claus North Pole, Canada, H O H O H O, ho, 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 and they will and they will. And reply. if you're an adult, write it in a kid's handwriting because you know. Yep. I, I tweet out uh, every year from the Spaced Out Radio Twitter account on uh, Christmas Eve. Like I follow NORAD Santa, like anything. Oh, I love NORAD. Santa. One of the great, <laughs> one of the greatest inventions on the internet. It really, it's the best. It makes it, the internet worth it. Oh yeah, you know there's a that in this show. <laughs> there is a lot of pathetic stuff on the internet. I mean, I think we all know this. Okay, but one of the greatest, greatest websites ever is the noradsanta.org you know i mean not only does it allow norad to track your ip address okay (laughs) you know because they need to know that you know who's tracking santa claus but just the the entire animation of it all and and everything and and i tweet them out every year right and i tweet out the same thing every year and i every year i get a response that uh santa will be looking for aliens and ufos while he's flying. Because he's up there in the sky, right? You got right? that right. We need, we need Santa to confirm this. Has he seen un, any unidentified aerial phenomena? He could be the original UFO, actually. <laughs> you right? Like that star in the sky, that was Santa. You got that right. Right? One little red dot. We all know that's Rudolph. We all know. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's it's. I think it's evidence. Absolutely, it, it is perfect evidence. Matter of time before it's confirmed. 
<laughs> yep. It is it is perfect. And I'm telling you that. It is absolutely perfect. And so what what do we know about Santa Claus? Old Saint Nick here, you know, good Canadian kid. You know, uh, hang, hanging on out in the cold in his parka with a bunch of a little elves making toys. It's good Up stuff. Up in the Arctic Circle. Yeah, well, actually, one of my favorite um, stories about where I think some of our modern day, kind of the picture that we have of Santa Claus in modern day goes back to the Vikings, who, of course, spread their belief system and their um, DNA all over the world. Um, but in particular, they had um, Odin. And Odin was basically like the original bearded god, right? Like he's in charge of all of these things that are vital, including um, war, death, poetry, mu- like music. Like he's just like kind of the guy, right? He's kind of the main guy. And he actually um, rode on a horse that had eight legs. So that's... My belief is that's why we say Santa has eight reindeer. Additionally, Thor, the god of thunder, had a um, a chariot that rode through the sky driven by two, hor- um, not reindeer, two goats. And this is where we kind of get into like the goat god situation that comes across um, a lot of traditions in in this time of year. But um, Odin is depicted with beautiful flowing robes, long beard, very wise. Earlier we mentioned Saturn, who is the Roman god, Kronos, who is the Greek counterpart, who was the one who was in charge of time, father time. These images all sort of depict a very, very similar kind of, um, you know, magnanimous fellow with a beard. So really you know, as I said, Dave, this is the night for the bearded gods. So this is your, this is your night, right? This is why, this is why this holiday is important. And uh, you've got, you know, flowing beards and also wisdom and an understanding of the passage of time, which is exactly what is happening right now. We're approaching the new year um, in our like traditional calendar, right? So we're approaching it and we're moving into like 2023, you know, the ancients knew that this was a time of year where things were changing and it wasn't quite into the next season, but the winter was, was starting to fade. They could measure the passage of time. And that's why this time became sacred to these gods. Um, the goat in particular, because it was sacred to Thor and because of this like magnificent steed that uh, Odin rode around on. I can't remember the steed's name. If anybody knows, type it in the chat. Um, it's like Slare Dodd or something like that. But children actually leave, used to leave Viking children, used to put their shoes out. And in their shoes, they would put oat cakes and hay or, um, you know, the, the last bit of straw from the harvest. They would put it into their shoes and leave it out as an offering for his horse to eat as he passed through the 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 area this time of year and in by doing so they were then blessed by him and protected by him um and so there was this kind of goodwill element of making these offerings so i think that that aspect of santa like 
You know, it's kind of like when you think of trick-or-treating at Halloween and how did we get from, you know, um, getting bread um, and, and bits of log to getting candy. Like, it, it's, it's similar because we have these ancient kind of beliefs and practices and then they're distilled down. But th- why take all the fun away? So we're going to keep leaving offerings. Um, in Germany, they polish their shoes and leave their shoes out for Santa Claus to come and leave them little treats in their shoes rather than stockings, rather than socks. But we're a sock. We're sock people over here, right? We are sock people. So we hang our socks above the mantle to dry and Santa leaves us um, offerings in return. But don't we leave him an offering, right? We leave Santa an offering. We don't just let him pass through with nothing. We leave him cookies and milk. Cookies and milk. (laughs) And sometimes at my house, Santa gets a little fireball as well. Just saying. Space Out Radio is hour number two with the legendary Varla Ventura returns. (laughs) VarlaVentura.net is her website. Yeah, the Christmas special with Varla coming up next. Space Out Radio. Yeah. Oh, you got a little Yukon Cornelius thing going on. The bubbles bounce. (laughs) Wahoo! Love Yukon. Yeah. Nothing. He's pretty great. Figgy Pots. What's going on? Figgy Pots. Figgy Pots. Yeah, it's interesting. My my son has not really asked me about Santa or, I mean, you know, we are heavy believers. I mean, we have fairy garden. Like, we're heavy believers, obviously, in my house. And I don't know if he's, I, I still think he just, he believes in, he, he believes in kind of like the magic element of it. Because uh, he does believe that magic is real. Because it is. And <laughs> we've seen it work, right? We've done... You know, I I think I invented a new genre of um, tarot reading, actually, Dave. Oh, my. So I decided that I wanted to teach my son to read tarot. He's old enough. He's very... He's a very smart kid, and I he's really good at understanding, like, pictures and stories. And that's all the tarot is, right? It's, it's, it's a whole story in every card. And all you have to do is look at the pictures and, and you know, little different elements, and you'll figure it out, right? Like, um, like, our, like our guy here. We all know what this one means. Yeah, it means, it means I cannot believe it. it looks so you and look and also look. He's also Santa like. Look at him. I know. He's got the long robes. I know. He's the high priest, but he's also like the high head. He's the head magic guy of all the magic guys. Santa is, right? I'll be right back. I'm going to hit the loo. Uh I think you can see the yes. chat room if anybody says anything to you, right? If you look up uh, in the right corner where it says comments. Yep, I can. I got it. Yes, All right, I got the I'll be comments. Right back. Yeah. Ooh, private chat. What's the hat? <laughs> oh, everybody's taking a break.
All right, I am back. Of course, my phone cord disconnects. Always, always. It's snowing outside. Good. It's minus 19 and snowing here. I think you put your microphone on mute or did I? Nope. <coughs> you did. That was me. That was you. Hi, Wait. Thurston Howell III. Uh, let's see here. Why am I just a misfit? Well, it's, only, it's only minus 12 here, so. Yeah. You're colder than me right now. We got 19 seconds. Thank you, Forrest Louie, Midwest, Lily Bond, D. Cohen, Vaughn, Cat Chaser, and W. David Page for the Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love, everyone. We're going to get kicking off hour number two uh, right now. So let's get ready. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. 
Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Onirodania. What is this? Onirodania. <laughs> Rodinia. Onirodinia is your password. I think that's how you pronounce it, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok. At Spaced Out Radio, we continue on tonight with our good friend Varla Ventura. VarlaVentura.net is her website as we continue on with our creepy cryptid Christmas stories. Varla, welcome back. It's so good to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right before the break, we were talking about Santa Claus. Yeah, it's all Santa all night. What's your favorite uh, Santa Claus uh, song? Song? Yeah, mine's uh, Santa got, or Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Love that one. Oh. <laughs> um, my favorite song. Uh, I I kind of like like the that Run Run Rudolph song. That's a good one, That's something too. about Santa, yeah. Yeah. You, um, I you know, I like, like those ones that are a little bit more, um, like that kind of fifties rock yeah. style, I guess. Uh, you know, actually one of my favorite, um, Christmas albums, uh, well, my favorite Christmas song is fairy tale of New York, even though it says a bunch of offensive things and I, I don't, you know, I should probably rethink my, my morale, my morals, my morals. Um, but that's the Pogues. Oh, Shane McGowan. See, my yeah. my favorite dirty Christmas song belongs. Oh <laughs> yeah, so let's go, let's go. Favorite dirty Christmas song is a belongs, little different. <laughs> be, belongs to an artist out of Australia named Kevin Bloody Wilson, and it's called mm-hmm. "Hey Santa Claus." I can't even pronounce the rest of the wording on it because I will mm. definitely be thrown off the air. Yeah, but if anybody FCC wants to go on YouTube, like anybody wants to go on YouTube and get a good laugh. Uh, type in Kevin Bloody Wilson, Hey Santa Claus. You know, traditionally, though, I absolutely love Bob Seger's version of The Little Drummer Boy. That is an mm-hmm. incredible song. I, I do. Actually, I like the one that David Bowie sings. Um, yes. Yeah, with that's, Bing that's, that's a lovely one. Yeah, with Bing Crosby. Yeah, that's a beautiful one. Is David Bowie. Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? Driving high will get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high, well, everyone else can. Friends? I can tell you drove high. Parents? I can tell when you drive high. Relatives? I can tell. You drove here high, didn't you? So what makes you think law enforcement can't? I can tell. If you feel different, you drive different. 
Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Chloe's voice is just exemplary in that. Um, There's a local, semi-local artist here named J.D. McPherson, and he has a fabulous Christmas album that just came out like a couple years ago. And it's got a very like rollicking old fashioned sound to it, but it's very funny. And um, actually, one of them's called Socks. Uh, one of his songs is called Socks. But there's a really, really funny one about um, Santa. And it kind of starts out talking about his like, uh, like 28 waistline or something like that. And by the end, he ends up with like, I don't even know, it just kind of keeps going because you know, Santa's going and eating all the cookies everywhere. But it's very cute. So I like that. And then, um, you know, probably be like kicked out of Minnesota for saying this. I'm not a huge Bob Dylan fan in general. You can't be. But if Bob Dylan put out a Christmas song, totally don't know the name of it, did not even think it was him until I listened and it could recognize his voice. And it's a fantastic Christmas song. So, you know, that's it's the one all you got to do is come up with like one really good Christmas song, like Mariah Carey. And then you're just, golden for years i think yeah my australian listeners in the <laughs> chat room right now uh steam train mark yeah good old kev i'm glad you like him kanga and on oh, I know. that's a really rude song at spaced out radio kevin Buddy Wilson. <laughs> oh it's hilarious no. it's absolutely hilarious and uh, it makes me laugh every year every year oh yeah <laughs> you have no idea how badly I want to play this song, and I can't. I know, right? Or even, yeah, you, you no, have you can't. No idea how bad I want to play it. So, if you're in our YouTube room right now, I'm going to put the link. You guys can listen <gasps> at, at at the next break or whatever. Okay, just yeah, we could have a listening party. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's going to hurt your ears, but just uh, listen to it with a sense of humor, okay? Because I laugh uh, every time I hear it. It's just wonderful. Hey, Santa Claus by Kevin Bloody Wilson. Oh, my goodness. All right, what other kind of monsters are lurking around Christmas at this time of year? Yeah, okay. Well, I, I said we'd head on a high note, so I'll save the I'll save the witches toward the end. Sure. <laughs> Although one of them is not very nice. Um, So we talked at the very beginning of the show, you mentioned Krampus. And so we would be remorse to, um, or remiss, sorry, we're we're not remorseful at all. Um, That's why we we like that song. 
um, we would be remiss to not get a little bit more into Krampus and kind of like, you know, just touch on for anyone who isn't familiar with Krampus. Krampus is actually um, most popular in like German and and Germany and Austria. He's made his appearance throughout the um, North America, basically, and kind of in more recent years, he's become um, like there's been a revival of Krampus. And Krampus is like, there's a Victorian depiction of Krampus showing him as a devil. Uh, and that's not entirely accurate. He's really more of a goat god. There's a whole thing kind of going on where um, anything goaty or horned was considered evil. Um, we still put our horns up for Satan, right? Um, so Krampus, I, I'm not saying Krampus hasn't gotten a, you know, he didn't get a, like a bad rap. I mean, he's pretty creepy, bad creature. But basically, he is sort of half goat or half demon, depending on who you ask. Uh, many people believe that goats are demonic and one and the same. I personally think that goats are awesome and really funny and interesting beings. Um, but goats have a whole history with the supernatural. Um, there's actually an entire essay written by this guy who did a ton of uh, research into Welsh folklore kind of at the turn of the 19th century and um, he writes about the occult power of goats and how goats actually have this hold over us and that in many traditions particularly in Welsh uh, fairy tradition there are these fairy women who sit at the side of the road and they're kind of like banshees like they're pretty freaky they're somewhat beautiful but also pretty terrifying and they basically sit and wait for passers-by they'll crouch on like the top of a boulder and just kind of look down at the path and then when there's somebody out when they're not supposed to be in the dark of the night they'll um, leap upon them and like you know rip them to smithereens so banshees are a little gentler compared to these um gwilion is what they are in um wales and they are, they have a strong connection to goats and goats sort of transforming into these, these crazy creatures. Um, it's said that a lot of the fairy creatures, in particular the Gwilion, are um, one of their jobs is to comb the beards of the goats. And some people believe the original, there's a story about the original um, Gwilion kind of coming into being, uh, transforming from a goat. And whether, you know, which came first, the goat or the creepy goblin lady, that's that's a, a topic for debate. So there's, anyway, the point being, there's a longstanding tradition of viewing these sort of horned gods um, and these goat-footed gods um, as these pagan entities. And Krampus fits really nicely right in there. And he is actually the counterpart to Santa Claus. So, or St. Nicholas. So St. Nicholas, St. Nick, he's the one who comes around and he, he rewards your good behavior. And there were a lot of um, kind of creatures that did, they both, they, they took and they, they gave. Santa today, he, he, you know, naughty or nice, but actually in a lot of traditions, you had one who was in charge of the naughty and one who was in charge of the nice. And Krampus's job was basically to scare the heck out of all the people in the village, especially the children, scare them into behaving. 
Um, he has a sack that he throws the kids in. He's got a switch that he hits the kids with. I mean, it's, it's, it's very brutal, but for anyone who's ever read German fairy tales, like the original stories that were told to children, especially in the, like the 17 and 1800s, they're incredibly gruesome and, um, horrifying uh you know children with their the kid who sucks his thumb and he just gets his thumb cut off and it just spurts blood i mean they're they're really really graphic so not surprisingly there's this krampus creature who's kind of the counterpart santa claus comes the next day saint nicholas's day is actually the next day um so he you know we got krampus running through the village running wreaking havoc and then you have um santa kind of coming in and, and cleaning it all up uh, or Saint Nick, really coming in. Um, so, so that's you know he's one of the monsters. Bell Schnickel or Bell Schnickel or Bell um, Bell Bell's Sniggle is another way that people will call him. But that's sort of more of a Southern or uh, Rhine Valley German tradition, and and it's a similar creature. He's a, a fur covered man slash beast who um, does run around and, and causes mayhem and scares people. Um, unlike Krampus, however, he will reward good behavior. Krampus just punishes the bad and then moves on. Um, so those are a couple, like, kind of the more common known. Uh, one of the freakiest ones, I think, is the one that you see in a lot of the Southern European stories and in Greek uh, and a lot of the Greek kind of Christmas myths and that's the the uh, I'm going to probably totally ruin how you say this but it's uh, Kalinkansaro or the Kalinkans and they basically like live underground all year round except you guessed it the 12 nights of Christmas that's when they come out from their underground lairs and they walk around and try and basically rip your guts out like they're not nice they're not like oh, you did bad, we're going to smack you on the hand, or we're not going to leave you a lump of coal. They actually cause like massive human destruction. And so it's frowned upon to be out at night during those sacred nights. And, um, you know, you could argue this is crowd control, right? <laughs> like these guys are crowd control, keeping people where they're safe. Um, but yeah, they're very brutal. So basically they're like these demonic half- human half or well, whatever they're not even half they're they're human hybrids with something kind of demonic and something very animal like they take a lot of forms frequently depicted not unlike krampus sort of just a heavily um a very furry and heavily um coated creature with hooves and snarly teeth and sometimes giant horns. And these guys are pretty brutal. Like they, like I said, they, they, they don't really hold back and actually are sometimes blamed for like earthquakes and things like that. But it's just during those 12 nights. Just during those 12 nights. Um, and then actually another uh, set of, of some of my favorite are the Icelandic Yule Lads. And so, and I, and, and then I'm going to have to like read you all these names because they're really, I think, really Please fascinating do. and funny. Please yes. Do. Okay. So, so you've got, the story is, is there, there's basically in, um, there's a witch in, I, in Iceland and uh, her name is Grulia and she lives in the mountains in Iceland and she has 13 kids, 13 boys. And these 
Grulia, she'll go out on Christmas Eve and she'll look for misbehaving children to throw into her, throw into her cauldron. And a nice kind of like more updated, possibly slightly more Christian version of the story. She only boils children who don't repent. <laughs> so I guess she has a soft side. But oh, she's that's gone. nice. That's nice. Oh, you're sorry? Okay. Out of the hot molten lava. <laughs> so she's got uh, these, these Yule lads and... They are, you know, what I think one of the things I love the most about them is I had heard of like this Icelandic witch and I'd also heard of this, the Christmas cat, which is a giant black cat that roams around on Christmas Eve. There's a tradition in Iceland that everybody needs to get a new piece of clothing for Christmas on Christmas Eve. And if they don't receive that, this cat roams around all of Iceland and will actually like eat you and kill you if you don't follow that one Christmas rule. So I had heard of the Christmas cat, but I was actually at um, an event where my, you know, my son's school and there was a little girl in this kind of sea of kids who had done her entire like presentation on the Icelandic Christmas trolls. And I was like, can we talk, can we just talk about this a little bit more? Like, how did you find out about this? So these are the Yule lads. And basically, they're kind of impish. They're kind of destructive. Um, they're kind of depicted as like these goblin-like man hybrids, right? That are the children of this witch. And each one of them has their own night of Christmas, uh, or the, her, their own night leading up to. So it's there's thirteen of them. So it's the twelve nights of Christmas, and then Christmas. And so the very first one is uh, Steck Jastur. And he's the sheep coat clawed. Um, he starts on the 12th of December. And I think he's basically in charge of making sure that um, people don't mess with the sheep. Uh, then you have Gil, Gil Jogger. <laughs> uh, and he is the one who preys on cows. So you have to kind of protect your cows. That's on December 13th. On December 14th, Look out for Stufer, also known as Stubby. And he actually comes into your kitchen and steals your pans. On the um, Hold on, oh, he steals your favorite. pans? Yeah, he steals your pans. He steals pans oh, right pants. off the stove and then they're gone. Pants, pans. Or pans? Like pans, pans. Like pans, like cooking pans. Yeah, because now we're getting into all of the what there's no pant stealing. There a lot of them have to do with food. And my theory here is that. There are some parents who were cooking all of the big things that lead up to the Christmas feast. And these, they came up with, don't take, you know, don't lick the pot or steal the pan because these little Yule guys will come and uh, take all of your, your um, joy away. <laughs> so, okay. Then you got spoon liquor. Um, it's like peroscular. Um, that's the 15th of December. Potus Luker, the pot liquor, 16th of December. I think those are self-explanatory. Don't lick the spoon. Don't lick the pot. They're just so wonderful. And then you got uh, Hurtis Gaylor. That's the door slammer. Don't slam the door, especially on the 18th of December, or do slam it and blame it on the door slammer. Sky Garmer, and that's the skier gobbler, um, which is a yogurt. Actually, skier is, a kind of, is the word for yogurt. And um, that's the person who came in and ate all the yogurt out of the yogurt tub. 
So that's the 19th of December. Here's one of the all-time greatest. Bjurgna Kreker, the sausage swiper. 20th of December, rolling on in there and taking the sausage. Christmas sausage. <laughs> this guy's creepy. This is on the 21st of December. You've got Gluga Girger. He's the window peeper. So don't change in front of the window. Make sure you draw the blinds. Then you've got the Gattepeffer, and he's the door sniffer. He comes around on the 22nd of December. Getteker is the meat thief. So that tonight is his night. This is the... We're, well, now we're moving into, we were in the night of the door sniffer, and now we're in the night of the meat hook um, guy who steals meat off the hook. So as we move into, well, I'm sorry, in my time zone, we're already in the next day. But in your time zone, we're still in the door sniffer's world. And then finally, on the um, 24th of December, you have the Curtis Snicker, and he's the candle beggar. And just comes and tries to steal your candles. So these mischief makers on these 12 nights when you are discouraged from going out because you may run into these guys or worse, they may do something and then you take the blame and then you're not a good kid and then you don't get the present on Christmas because you licked the pot or stole the sausage. <laughs> so those are the Yule lads. They cause mayhem. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> How do we protect ourselves from these Christmas monsters? We have two and a half minutes to go. Come on. <laughs> you stay inside and you lock the door. Honestly, like that's how you protect yourself from a Christmas monster. You do not go out. Because this harkens back to what we were talking about earlier, that these nights are so thin. Um, the veil is so thin. It's so easy for otherworldly creatures to pass through ghosts and goblins and all of these kind of um you know yule lads and witches they can all sort of like slide in and out um of their dimension in ours and so the only way to avoid that is to light your candles and to just you know burn that candle brightly and you know sing as loud as you can your favorite christmas song because that way, it, they get bored and they just go on to the next house where somebody's moping and, uh, you know, sitting in the dark <laughs> for, and then walking around at night. So, I mean, honestly, the, the greatest thing about a lot of these is there's not a lot of, like, advice on how to avoid other than not going out. But I don't know about you, Dave, but when I hear that you can draw water from a well at midnight on Christmas Eve and it turns to blood or wine or I hear that I can go out on Christmas Eve and and hear what the animals are really thinking it makes me personally want to go out more but I think these were uh, more cautionary tales to discourage people from going out but you know that's a that's a holy holy night for a lot of reasons <laughs> Oh, holy nights. That is correct. <laughs> that is totally correct. Varla, I mean, I, I'm still actually kind of, uh, uh, you freaked know, out. I'm still kind of freaked out by things. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It, uh, it's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm wondering where to turn. I think it's best to turn to the Yule Goat. 
<laughs> I, I personally think, and I meant to bring my Yule goat down here so that you could see it in the background because I have a lovely little Yule goat. And some of you may have seen the um, traditional, it's very frequently sold at like, uh, you know, like Swedish gift shops. And it's a little sort of like straw goat. It'll have some ribbon tied around it. And it's sold as a Christmas decoration. Sometimes it's sold in an ornament form. This is the Yule goat. Um, we've talked a lot about these goat-footed gods and these the, the way goats kind of uh, can't help but interact in Christmas. So... I hear you. We got Marla Ventura for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. Our Christmas cryptid world is what we're calling this one. More Christmas monsters and legends when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Stay tuned. Good job, Varla Ventura. Hey. Thanks. I actually made notes for tonight. It's like one of the first times ever. Not not because I don't come prepared, but I just wanted to not forget any of these fabulous Christmas guys. But then I keep forgetting to look at my notes. But I promise you we will end on a lovely, a lovely story. So I'm saving I'm saving oh, that I Christmas witch to the very end. Isn't that nice? To the end. <laughs> Hey, I got to tell you something. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know if you remember this, but in like, I I have had this candelabra for like forever. It's, wait, I always get this wrong. Okay, so it's this candelabra here. Uh, I couldn't put a crystal chandelier in my room, so I put this like candelabra. It came with those candles. And I, for some reason, I had never, I had never lit them. And I just thought, that is like the stupidest thing in the world to me is to hold on to a candle and not burn it. So... I lit those tonight for you, and it seems to be working in terms of magic because we got the Dave Scott High Priest card already. That we do. We got the Peace card exactly when you were talking about peace, and it's sort of a um, in the Crowley deck. It's the laying down of uh, of arms. So now I have another deck, but I what did I do with it? I'm looking for it right now. Uh, I'm leaning down here. Usually, yeah, here it is. I got another one. Draw me. Let's one see what card. we get. Let's let's see what the Dion Fortune deck has to say. You know who she was, Dion Fortune? No. Um she was a psychic and a kind of revolutionary writer. Sort of around the same time as Aleister Crowley. Even putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment you think of calling for a ride, but nah. You live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over. Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers. To save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means... Getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. 
Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. She was very um, instrumental in the advancement of the Kabbalah becoming part of the New Age movement, essentially. And uh, she was actually also a fiction writer and wrote supernatural horror. She's got, a, there's a few problems with her um, and kind of her belief system when you start really digging deep into her. But overall, she was a, um, a pretty monumental and revolutionary woman that like surprisingly few people know about. But the reason I know about her is because my mom had every Dion Fortune book on her bookshelf. And I, that's, I never, you know, I just kind of knew her to be this um, person who worked very hard on psychic development. And one of the things she was most known for was psychic teaching people how to um, use their mind for psychic protection. So if you thought you were what we would call today as like remote viewing, or you thought somebody was invading your space spiritually, she had some uh, methods to uh, not do that. <coughs> hey look it's a guy on a horse dun, 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 dun. <laughs> play the guy on the horse it's Odin on his horse oh I love that hat oh whoa it's hat night it I is hat, hat night no, <gasps> no way look the chariot so that's then we got the um, you know Thor on his chariot and Santa. That's what his sleigh is, right? It's chariot, and it's also another white horse and a black horse. Let's do one more. Let's see what happens. Uh, Mr. Grayell says, "Varlicious Varla, I got your pickaxe." Or he got you a pickaxe for Christmas. Sweet. Don't know why you needed one, but apparently he got you one. To find gold, obviously. <laughs> That's what Yukon Cornelius uses his for. Don't you love him? <laughs> Nothing. I know. I know. He's so great. Here, look. That kind of looks like you. Sweet. So we're all in this. Yep. I dropped a card. I wonder what card that was. Oh, you got to check that one. Yeah. Always check the one you dropped. Always oh, it's a magician. <laughs> it was a magician. Yep. Drop myself. It sounds about right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got that right. Ah, showed my skin. Oh, my God. You know what I think was the one of the greatest shows of all time? Uh, Guns and Roses, mm. Appetite for Democracy Tour, nineteen. No, no, no. I mean, like a television show. Oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Don't get me started on actual shows, because then we're going to go down the Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds route, and we will not come back from that. Oh, okay. There's hold, no hold, coming hold, back from that. Hold on one second, <laughs> uh, Lady J. You can go on our website to get yourself a We Own the Night ball cap. And uh, thank you to Deb, Forrest Louie, Midwest, W. David Page, Cat Chaser, Vaughn Patrick, D. Cohen, and Lily Pond for the Super Chats. Here we go with the next half hour.
We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Why are you laughing? I'm trying to do an intro here. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Dave stuck something in his nose. I'm I, sorry. I, I just did. have to, you know, I, I got did. out. Yeah. I no, I never did. But... So much bonus material over here on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> right. Right. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Archive, spacedoutradio.com. You can find them on YouTube at Spaced Out Radio everywhere. Uh, check out our website. It's after the name of the show. Got some good stuff there, including rocking out to Bumblefoot. And reading the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram. I have your shirt on. I have oh, your you? shirt on underneath my. Oh, yeah, there you go. Underneath there my shirt. Go. That's a nice tank top. <laughs> I wore it for you. the hockey game to keep me warm. Well, of course you did. Of course you did. Wow. I mean, it's Spaced Out Radio night. So. Let's just you know hell with the intro. We're already beyond that right now. <laughs> Got a question yeah, for no, you. Yeah, no, sorry. Go ahead. Got a question <laughs> for you from Midwest Night Watchers. Did Krampus have evil elves, unlike Santa has good elves? I think Krampus mostly operated on his own. So he had a lot of power because he knew who was misbehaving. Also, probably parents threatened and reported children. Um, but no, he, he kind of operated on his own. And the same with, like, Belschnickel also kind of just, like, did his own thing. Um, but I think I mentioned Belschnickel was, like, a little bit nicer because he had, like, pockets full of sweets and stuff that he would give out. Um, whereas Krampus was just, like, yeah, nothing. Just an empty sack and a something, some kind of wooden switch. Well, there you go. Yeah, you know, if you like that kind of thing, that's probably why he was so popular in San Francisco, quite frankly. Right. <laughs> people are happy that uh, you flashed the camera there i mean i felt like i had to because you're wearing my hat and i just wanted you to know i was trying to go this way and then i was like that's that's not i'm not i'm not in. i'm gonna tell you right now i am wearing my dave scott boxer shorts right now and there is no way i'm dro- not showing i'm not dropping my drawers <laughs> to show you my own boxer shorts hey if you had your own face on boxer shorts you would wear them too with pride, I do. I totally do. You uh, know my idea for underwear. I want a pair of underwear that say, okay, so this is a very obscure fairy reference. So maybe it's only funny to me. But there's a, there's an old poem that goes, you know, we dare not go hunting for a fear of little men. And it's sort of the story about, you know, going out into the, into the woods and, and being caught by fairies. So I want a pair of underwear that says a fear of little men on it. My mom thought it was really funny, but not everybody seems to think it's that funny. We're that popular in the, in the, the test room. Oh my. Yeah. Dave's not laughing. He doesn't think it's funny. Oh my. A fear of little men underwear. Come on. Yeah. I would have to see that. I'd have to see that. Not going to lie. Not up the dairy mountain and down the fairy Glen. I dare not go hunting for a fear of little men. Yeah, Varla and it's I... It's in my book. I have the whole poem in there. <laughs> Varla and I are going to be starting our our, our uh, conjoined OnlyFans now, showing off, <laughs> showing off our tank tops and underwear. Hey, whatever sells the product, right? Exactly. 
Exactly. That's all it needs. That's all we need. All right. Where are we here on the monster talk? Uh, you know, because we've talked about some pretty uh, disdaining monsters. Are there any good monsters out there come Christmas time? I just, I got to just diverge for a moment because I want to always give the original author credit. So that phrase is from, and it's actually a very, very famous poem. It's called The Fairies by William Allingham. And it says, um, it, uh, one of the greatest lines of it is, um, Up the airy mountain, down the rushy glen, we daren't go a-hunting for a fear of little men. We folk, good folk, trooping all together, green jacket, red cap, and white owl's feather. And then it goes on and on. But anyway, that's where the phrase comes from. And it's a beautiful little little poem that was kind of public. He was, he was a contemporary of uh, William Butler Yeats. So, so yeah, there's some good guys out there. Of course, we have Santa Claus, like uh, Claus, um, Pierre Noel in France. And in France, they don't leave milk and cookies. Guess what they leave? They leave wine. <laughs> of course. They leave wine and, some, and sometimes cheese and, and sort of savory things. So I, I always like to think of that as that, you know, different cultures have different traditions for like what's their desirable food. And so many of us think of milk and cookies because it has this kind of like nostalgic element. But I, if I were Santa, I would really look forward to France, with wine and cheese. So, so there's all of these versions and in all of them, you know, Santa is this magical creature um, the Scandinavian Christmas trolls, the Scandi- Scandinavian and Nordic Christmas trolls are some of the best little kind of Santa-like creatures. You have the um, Nisi and the Tomten and the Tauntnen. They are all these different variations of a kind of gnome-like guy that basically has, you know, well, it's not just guys, right? They're like these little creatures and they have pointy hats, frequently red. Um, sometimes bearded and usually originally they're made of wood and you would put them on your doorstep or on your mantle. And by placing these little kind of effigies of these creatures that you would see in the woods, the woodland creatures, you were honoring them and you were saying, Hey, I believe in you. And I would love if you came to my house and I would love if you came and protected my house and they were, it was very common to put these out and to invite these creatures in. A lot of times you're sealing all of these creatures out, right? Like stay in. But there were some that you wanted to invite in because with them, they would bring good health and good luck. And the Yule goat is actually one of them. The traditional Yule goat is made from sort of like the straw from the very last harvest, so it's a little bit like the leftover straw, and it was a goat that was you know, something that was fashioned in the likeness of a goat. And the idea was to kind of bring in the the abundance of the previous harvest and carry it through the winter into the next harvest. And so actually, in um, Finland, the original name for Santa Claus, and I'm going to see if I can get this perfect, uh, it was you. Yulia Puki, which actually literally translates to Yule Goat. Um, and it was kind of a scary creature, but over time evolved into being a much nicer creature that 
eventually took on most of the attributes that we know today as Santa Claus. So the magical um, traveling through the night sky, let's just hearken back to like Thor and Odin and their ability to do that with their, their many-legged creatures. Um, and you have, of course, the idea of bestowing gifts. Um, originally, that Yule Goat was taking things and you had to leave offerings um, and we've talked before about how fairies do not like to be ignored. They like to be acknowledged. They like to be thanked. They like to be acknowledged, whether that's something beautiful and shiny or delicious food or whatever. Um, the worst thing you can do is not acknowledge them. And if you think of Santa as kind of like the hierarchy, like the top fairy of the winter dwelling fairies or the winter loving fairies, then you can imagine why that's so important to leave that, leave that offering um, so those are all like, you know, those little sweet, good things. See, these little like magical woodland creatures that can bring you luck and health in the new year. The Yule goat, which is sometimes burned um, either on the solstice or on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. It's burned in the fire and it's just a way of like bringing that offering up. And uh, I know that a lot of people love ham on Christmas. And so you can thank the Vikings and Freya for the tradition of Christmas ham, actually. Um, the pigs are sacred boars, not the domesticated pig, but um, uh, boars are sacred to the goddess Freya. And um, she is known for kind of overseeing like crops and sunshine and children and childbirth. And so um, frequently a boar was, uh, you know, in, in Viking times, the boar was slaughtered in the sacrifice to Freya, and then it was roasted and eaten. So think of that when you're eating your Christmas ham. Thank, thank Freya and her tears of amber for your, um, your Christmas tradition. And then, uh, yeah, one of my all-time favorites is the Italian witch, Bifana. And I'll tell you about 25 years ago, I was in Italy around Christmas time, as it happens. Um, I was in Venice and, you know, people walking around with all their Christmas furs and their fancy stuff. And I'm just this like, you know, scrawny backpacker walking around freezing, but like looking in all the windows. And I came upon a bakery and the bakery had witches, witches on cookies in the window. And so I was like, what is going on here? So I started asking, well, what's this? And that's when I learned about Bifana. And she is the Italian Christmas witch. She actually comes, she's not really a Christmas, Christmas witch because she comes in January. January 6th is her day. Might be the 9th, but I'm pretty sure it's the 6th as memory serves. And what she does is she rides her little broomstick and she goes from rooftop to rooftop. And she sweeps the roof and she sweeps the hearth and she sweeps away all the bad luck and all of the negativity of the year before and welcomes in the newness of the of the following year uh you leave little sacrifices to her little gifts for her and in exchange she leaves gifts for the children and she brings you she bestows good health and good luck upon you for the new year so uh, she's one of my like all time she's just great i mean she does leave bad things for bad people. So she'll leave like rocks or coal. Like, you know, she will, um, and she's just not gifts for everyone, but she definitely, um, leans, I think, well, I like to think of her as leaning more toward the, 
the the good side of things. Very cool. Very cool. So <laughs> the fact that we have these good witches patrolling around the universe, making sure that humanity stays safe and sound, you know, I mean, that's almost a Wizard of Oz like more than Christmas. I was just going to say, are you a good witch or, or a bad, bad witch? witch? I'm not a witch at all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it does. It has it it has that element and I think that there's so many like there's so there you always have darkness and and the light, right? Like you can't actually have one without the other. And you may say I prefer one, but uh the truth is you can't have one without the other. Like we can't know how cold it is outside if we didn't have like glorious summers. Right. Because if it was always cold like that, we'd be used to it. But we know it's cold because at the far end of that is, you know, something completely different and glorious. So I think that there's a lot of what feeds into our Christmas traditions of today from the Yule goat and the Yule log. I mean, the Yule log's a great tradition. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever tried to make a Yule log cake. It's really hard. And I've had a lot of cake fails with that. But the idea of taking a important log, a lot of times it was oak, which is long burning and burns well into the night. It's, it doesn't burn as hot, but it learn, burns for a long time. And oak was like a very sacred tree to the Druids. But to burn a log on Christmas Eve, that Yule log was to kind of keep away that darkness and it was like this very special ritualized uh, event it wasn't like you just lit the fire it was like the lighting of the yule log was very important and so um you know that we have that tradition at at halloween time actually we have the idea that you take a, a, a something from this big bonfire and you put it into your own hearth and you work to kind of burn away the darkness. Um, and that's not to say you shouldn't embrace the darkness, but you know, you do kind of have to like work with it in order to get to the other side. In my opinion. Embrace the darkness to get to the light. <laughs> Sounds like a video game right there. You know, you can do the opposite and see what happens. Embrace the light and you probably end up in darkness. Mm. And You'll be just like me. <laughs> Not really. You'll be just like Bufana. I don't want to be Bufana, though. No, you're not going to be. You're not going to be a witch, right? No, hello. I'm sorry. Let me pull it again here. You are this guy. Where is that guy? Where'd my guy I'm go? the oh, sage yeah, sorcerer. Yeah, there you are. Look, there's Dave. You are the high... This is actually the high priest, which is basically Santa. You know? The grand poobah of Christmas. The grand poobah <laughs> yeah, of Christmas. grand poobah. <laughs> you got that right. You got that right. Okay, so we leave out little Christmas treats. We put stockings on our on our, you know, by our fireplaces, even though I always think it's funny that people in apartment complexes don't have fireplaces. Um, you know, we, we put stars. I have a house and I don't have a fireplace. So you heathen, you're a heathen. I know. Why do you think I have so many candles? (laughs) Trying to burn that thing down. That's what you're trying to do. Exactly what you're trying to do. But nonetheless, 
If the shoe fits, if the stocking fits. <laughs> of course. Where do we get a lot of these traditions from over the years? So the stockings, I think that the stockings come from, uh, you know, like, the, like I mentioned, German children polishing their, polishing their shoes and the Viking children leaving out their shoes or their little slippers to get treats in as Odin passed through the night sky. Um, and I think that that also hanging your stockings above the hearth was very practical because it was drying them out. And so kind of became this idea that you would hang stockings somewhere where you normally this is my this is my speculation based on years of folkloric research but my speculation is that we hang the stockings in a place that they would be otherwise now not necessarily today we have all of these safety regulations in place and so you shouldn't hang things above your fire um but (laughs) or you might burn your house down but, you know, you have this idea of doing something that is ordinary. Okay, children, just go and hang your your, your wet stockings because you've been out playing in the snow or the slushy weather or the rain. You hang your stockings to dry. And when you wake in the morning, this magical thing has happened where these ordinary stockings that you go and pull down anyway are now full of gifts. And eventually, I think that evolved into having designated stockings for said gifts. But... Um, you know, you got to leave the you got to leave the gifts for the giver, and that's kind of the 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 key element, which you see with most any kind of fairy magic or working with that sort of supernatural dimension of creatures uh, is really kind of making sure that you're you're giving them something before you ask for anything. And that- you've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Could be true of basically any magic, right? Like you make a sacrifice, you go into mass and you make a sacrifice before you take of that sacrifice. So those are all kind of like ways that we balance it out. But you know, speaking of Bigfoot, which we kind of always, that's kind of always in the back of our mind on Spaced Out Radio, right? Of course. They, if if one were to look up pictures of Krampus or Belschnickel, or um, 
any of these other kind of very um, pagan solstice related ritualistic costumes, which were frequently furs, including like, um, you know, donning an entire bear's head or, you know, draping yourself in, in a, in wolf skin. If we were to think about in particular, Belschnickel, some of the pictures I've seen of him, of this creature, not unlike a Sasquatch, really. So I, it brings to mind like the idea that if these creatures sort of made their appearance at a certain time of year for a certain purpose, and then people stopped believing in that purpose, then what do they do? Do they retreat to the woods and are occasionally seen? Are they relatives? It kind of, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe um, Krampus and Bigfoot are, are one and the same. We have four, we have four minutes to go before we have to say <laughs> good night to you until twenty twenty three. Oh, I know it's our last show before the end of the year. <laughs> it, it's heartbreaking. It is, but uh, you know, for you, you know, going through all the monsters and cryptids around Christmas, what is your favorite? Oh well, you know, I I I mentioned I'm pretty partial to the to the witches. I do love a good Christmas witch, so that's always fun. I I love the idea of all of the you know, um, so those icons of witchcraft with the pointy hat and the cloak and the and the uh, the broom, but having it associated at kind of a completely different and unexpected time of year. So that's that's one of my favorites. Um, I do love those nasty little Yule lads that run around and do horrible things to people who, um, you know, misbehave. And the great thing about the Yule lads is in a lot of these stories, it's always like the children who have to behave. The children must behave or they're not going to get this kids. The Yule lads are like, no, it's, it applies to everybody. Everybody needs to have be on their best behavior. This includes adults, right? And honestly, like the kids are usually not the problem. <laughs> It's usually the adults. If the kids are the problem, it's usually because of adults. So I feel like uh, anything that um, punishes and gives equally, like the Yule lads, are that's a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. All those thirteen lads running around doing crazy things, running around your house. And um, but one of my all-time favorites are those Gwelyan, which are the Welsh women who are kind of similar to banshees. They just totally creep me out. Like the idea of walking down a lane and you think it's a goat sitting up on a boulder and then it transforms into this woman who kind of jumps down in front of you and then asks you where you're going and why you're there. And if you don't have a good answer, you know, you might not make it home on Christmas Eve or any other night for that matter. Yeah, Grandma got run over by a reindeer once again. Hey, there you go. Full circle, Dave. Full circle. It, it all came back. <laughs> To one lovely, uh, one lovely Irish Rovers song. <laughs> That's right. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Oh, yeah. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. Who doesn't drive Grandma home, though? Seriously. I know, right? That's what I always thought. It was like, why is Grandma on her own? Exactly. That's not right. I mean, how do you just, you know, I mean, how old is this Grandma? Like, is she... 50 55 60 right well we know we know the grandparents can be quite young right dave <laughs> yes yes i know yes yes but we think of grandmas as being in their like 80s and 90s exactly you know now i see if it was my grandmother 
being a bulky Ukrainian woman with hands of stone. <laughs> okay. My grandma's 94. She would not. She'd take the reindeer down. I'm telling you right now, my grandma would eat that reindeer. Okay. She'd have strangled it. Show up it. with it on her back. She'd have snapped its neck and, and, and ate that reindeer. All right. Like, oh. put it this way. My, when, when, when I was younger, my grandmother, God bless her. I, I have one grandparent left. She's 94. And, but I'll tell you, she used, I used to, in my younger days, let her still give me a little shot and she would like punch me just real quick like that. And she would bruise me, her hands, she's a farm girl, right? She's a big farm girl. You know, my grand, my, my own grandmother was Italian had, um, she had a few like little mean streaks like this. She didn't really, it wasn't really like mean in a punishing way, mm-hmm. but she would do things like, uh, Hey, test this battery and see if it's good. And then she'd tell you to lick it and then oh, you'd yeah. lick it and you'd get a shock or she would put pepper in her hand, right? Yeah. Like this. And she'd be like, can you smell this? And you'd go like this and then you get pepper up your nose. Oh yeah. Oh, that's evil. <laughs> evil grandma. Happy memories. <laughs> Brother Ventura, we absolutely love you here on Spaced Out Radio. Thank you for a wonderful 2022. We'll see you next year. And of course, coming up next, we're heading to the swamp. And then Super Duke's here for the Cryptid Report next. Dave Arla Ventura. Yay. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't even think about it being the last show of 2022. I know. Over and done with. I'm glad. Let's move on. I'm ready for the. I'm ready for a little three in the business. I know. <laughs> Just, I don't like the evens. I like the odds. I think that that's obvious. <laughs> like a good odd year. Yeah, we'll see what uh, 2023 holds. You know, I I hope it's an amazing year for you. I hope so for you, know you as gonna well. it's going to hold. Oh, it's going to hold us meeting in person. I know. <gasps> I know. I don't I'm even know. Up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle. Th- I don't know what. I don't know what's going to happen. I just. I can't. Can't be held accountable. I, I, we're going to. We're going to have a serious high five. That's what we're going to do. We are. And, I think and, we're going to hug for like. 20 minutes straight Pro- probably that's what i'm probably gonna do you're gonna like try and push me away and i'm gonna be like no 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 you know, anymore you, I, i'm gonna just forewarn you right now vegas 2023 enzo who literally has just impeccable hair is gonna probably <laughs> want you to try and mess his hair oh i can i can i mean i can try i don't think i'll work, give though. it the old college i don't think try. it'll work I'll give it the old college dropout try yeah. oh it, oh really yeah, I don't think it'll work, but he's got perfect. Well, you know. His 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 hair is perfect, just perfect. Not a single strand out of out of place. Yep, I I know I know a couple people like that. Look at look at Enzo Varla when meeting <laughs> Dave in person for the first time. I recommend drinking heavily first. Thank you, Enzo. Thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. That's my <laughs> that's my friend right there. How about drinking heavily with? I like the drinking mm-hmm. heavily with. Uh, love, I mean, you got to maintain because you're going to go all night, you know. Uh, love V Love. Y'all need me to find you a tattoo artist in Vegas or us a tattoo artist. Love V Love, you yeah. come to Vegas, you can come get tattooed with us. But we get yeah. to we get Yeah, to you got any recommendations? We're we, here. We get to choose. 
what where it goes. Where it goes. I choose where it goes. You choose what it is. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. So 2023 is going to be full of uh, travel and joy and, you know, good things. And more hockey, of course. Beautiful. Because hockey season goes here through February. I don't know about you. Yeah. February, March, early March. February, March. Yeah. I'm going to Ireland twice next year. Nice. Scotland once. Vegas. Vegas. I want to go to Mexico. Hmm. So many places, so little time. Yeah, just remember, if it looks like chicken and tastes like chicken, but Dave Scott says it's beef, then it's beef. I'm not eating anything. I'm not going to eat anything unless I see the source. <laughs> Lady J, when you meet Dave in real life, does he say a boot and call everybody buddy? Uh, no, no, eh? That's only Aww. at the hockey rink, see? Come on, buddy. <laughs> oh, come on, bud. Come on, let's take her for a rip. Let's grab one of them Lambros. Take it for a rip. Overbuild Automotive, <laughs> how you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, temperature outside minus nineteen Celsius and snowing right now, and snowing. Mm, that's pleasant. Oh, Celsius! Oh, pff. it's tropical there <laughs> right now. Yep, wasn't yesterday. The, wasn't yesterday when I was at minus. Fahrenheit. I was at minus thirty six point four degrees Fahrenheit yesterday. I don't know what that is. And in... wait, what? Yeah. 38 degrees Celsius, 36.4 Fahrenheit. Wait, minus? Yeah. Minus 36? Minus. God, that's like living here. Yeah, it's horrible. It's ungodly. It's, It's why you don't go out on the 12 nights of Christmas. Right there. Right there. That's why. Because you will hallucinate from... Frostbite. It was. It's <laughs> kind of cool. Else. You go outside for thirty seconds, and like your nostrils are frozen. Your inside mu- your nostrils. What yeah. even happens? With, why does that happen? Well, because it's cold. <laughs> you breathe yeah, in the is. fresh air. You're breathing breathing in all that ice crystals in the air. It freezes you. Yeah, yeah. Freezes you from the inside. Yeah, yeah. And you know how you get warm? You get in a hot tub, or you get in a big bathtub. Dave, <laughs> that's how you get yeah. warm. A one-person bathtub. Now you, you, you know you need a two-person one. <laughs> I'm so pissed off about that. <laughs> you, have, you have no idea how pissed off about that I am. Oh, uh, I, I, I get it, yeah. All right, my You're dear. going to swap it out, though. All right, well, thanks. Thanks, thanks, Dave. Love you. We'll call you soon, okay? All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Varla Ventura. VarlaVentura.net is her website. She's fun. She's coming to Vegas. Don't say a boot. So much, Jake. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, that's that's the type of weather you don't put your tongue on a on a pole. It will get stuck. All right. Thank you to our super chatters tonight. Appreciate you. 
Here we go, everyone. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor third and final hour of spaced out radio is now underway thank you so much for joining us we very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are in this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button the desert clam has set the password for tonight in the sor space travelers club or near Adina. I said that wrong. I'm not saying it again. That's your password as the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. All right, it is time once again where we head to the swamp, a resident swamp dweller takes us on a spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. It was deer season in Illinois, and we were all ready to go. My uncle and I had been out checking tree stands and areas as we had poaching problems in these woods. We get all that done, and he calls me to tell me that he lost his wallet somewhere. As I lived closer to the woods, I told him I'd look for it in the woods. Keep in mind, it was about 8 o'clock. I had never been scared of dark or the woods, but I went out to check the trail he had walked. I get to the final leg and see something in the bottom walking, or more like stalking. It was sniffing the ground and would look around and see me with my flashlight. Luckily my fight or flight kicked in, and I headed for the truck as fast as I could. I get to the car and hear weird screaming. It's getting louder and closer. I thought to hell with this and I jumped into the car. As I slammed the door something ran right past me into the other section of the woods. I was frozen but finally turned the keys on the ignition and I could see something staring at me from behind the trees with my headlights flashing on it. Now, I have a hard time going through those woods alone, and years later after this happened, my aunt one day called me to say she saw a black figure walking in the field that looked like it had a crow's head. She looked back again, and it was gone. After she told me this, her woods mysteriously caught fire and almost burned down the rest of everything else. She swears she heard voices and weird noises all night, Something tapping on the house and her dog was always losing its mind. So we put cameras up outside of her house, and I think we may have caught a glimpse of this black figure on camera. But when we tried to play it back, and try to get the footage and all that good stuff, the camera was offline and they mysteriously quit working ever since. There is an old story about a man whose wife took all his money and buried it in these woods. He took her out to the woods, killed her, and dug holes all over looking for the money. If you go out in those woods, you can see low spots everywhere. I don't know what's in those woods, but there's something wrong. 
I've started hunting different areas, and I don't think I'll ever go there. I don't know if it's a ghost, a demon, a skimwalker, or what's lurking in there, but it's unnatural, and it gives me the absolute goosebumps. Uh, that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, taking us on a short but sweet spooky journey. Swamp Dweller joins us to kick off every hour, number three, each and every Monday through Friday night here on Spaced Out Radio. And if you want more, you want to listen to him for free, just go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and you can check it on out. From the swamp to the forest... It's time for Super Duke, Super Duke, and the Cryptid Report. Super Duke from World Big Four Radio is here. Hanging on out with us to tell us another spooky story and uh, what, whatever's going on. We got up till the bottom of the hour in this shortened edition. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Getting ready for the big boring holiday season here. My evil boss won't give me any time off. In fact, he expects me to double my workload and have a show out on Saturday and Sunday. So that's what I'm busy doing for the next couple of days. And we're having some ridiculous cold snap here, too, so it's not like you really want to go outside or anything. <laughs> That's kind of helping with the whole, you know, like, well, there's a reason to be isolated right now. It's freaking brutal outside. I don't want to go out anyway. <laughs> you know what? I'm tired of the cold. Like, I don't mind the cold. Okay, like right now outside the headquarters, it's minus 19 Celsius and snowing. I like that. I can handle that. Not a problem. Give it to me. Every winter, I don't mind. I'd go outside and go skating on a lake right now if I could. Because that's the thing to do. But this minus 30, minus 40 crap? No, not healthy. Not healthy. I know. I know. It's the same thing in the 70s when I was a kid in northern Minnesota. and We were having a string of one brutal winter after the other. So they were all telling everybody we were going into an ice age. Yes, kids, that's what they were saying in the 70s. Uh, yeah, that it got warmer. But, man, it was bad. You know, we were not only getting dumped on by tons of snow, but we were getting, like, on an average of at least six weeks of below zero every winter, you know. Mm-hmm. And two weeks of that would be 20 below or colder, <laughs> pretty much guaranteed every winter. And it's like, oh, my God, how much cold? You know, after a couple of days and 20 below or colder, your vehicle is not going to start. If you don't have a block heater, heater or something, forget it. Not starting. Yep. Uh, right around here. Uh, everybody around here, all the guys who have had diesel trucks, it, it's this cold has shut down the forest industry right now because of the diesel machinery, diesel trucks, the diesel gas turns to gel. And, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody wants to go out there and fix it in 40 below. So they've literally shut down this cold snap has shut down the um, (laughs) shut down the 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 forestry industry. That's for sure. You know, well, that there was a cold snap like this in World War Two. And it basically shut down the war for a while because the Germans were making advance. And then all of a sudden it got so cold, which usually is what saves Russia. And uh, <clears throat> they were using diesel equipment. So guess what? Yeah, all the fuel was turning to jello, and they couldn't get them to start again. 
So even though they, they were on the offensive for a while there, but all of a sudden the vehicles weren't working because it got too damn cold. And they were hoping it would get cold because everything was mud. And then when it gets cold, the ground freezes and you can drive over it. Yeah, but then it gets instantly too cold and all of your gas turns to jello and none of your vehicles work. So in order to like even keep their tanks running, which remember they didn't have enough fuel to try and run these things day and night to keep them warm. They would take pans full of hot coals and put them underneath the engine to keep it warm enough that the damn things wouldn't freeze solid. And when they had to start them up, they could. That's way too cold. I mean, how is Sasquatch supposed to harass the logging community if it's too damn cold for the logging community to be out there working? I'm sure Sasquatch loves it. Oh, they're not cutting down trees for a while. <laughs> Bring on the cold. Let's get some more cold. What do you got for us tonight, Super Duke? Well, in addition to the red and white hat from the season thing, I got this red book that's got white rating on it. So, ooh, it's seasonal. Giants, Cannibals, and Monsters by Kathy Muscovitz Strain. These are three traditional Native American stories, all from different tribes. And, uh, they kind of don't really talk about, you see, she lumped in everything here together and didn't really make any distinction between them. And um, Did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal? Driving high will get you a DUI. And if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high, well, everyone else can. Friends? I can tell you drove high. Parents? I can tell when you drive high. Relatives? I can tell. You drove here high, didn't you? So what makes you think law enforcement can't? I can tell. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So you get to, the more you know about it, the more you can try and pick out what it is that they're actually talking about. But this one comes from the Comanche. Along with the Cherokee, the Comanche, also known as the Numunu, or one of the largest tribes in the United States prior to the European arrival. Their traditional homelands include eastern New Mexico, southern Colorado, southern Kansas, all of Oklahoma, and most of northern and southern Texas. Today, the Comanche government is located in Lawton, Oklahoma. In the Comanche traditional language, uh, Bigfoot-like creature has two names, Mupitz and Piamupitz, both of which mean cannibal monster. And the one we're going to read about here... Uh, here's a description of Mupitz, a cannibal monster who has, was a terrifying cave-dwelling ogre, about 12 feet tall and covered in hair. Sanapia, a Comanche medicine woman, described Mupitz as very tall, hairy giant with big feet. He's huge and has a foul smell. He's a fur-covered man like Bigfoot. 
Comanche elders put out food for the Mupeats because he still roams Oklahoma. Comanche grind Mupeats bones into powder when they get them and use it to treat sprains and bone problems. So if you wonder where all the skeletons are going to, <laughs> they tested the bones first to see if it had special powers by putting the bones on their tongues. That's a very strange story. Okay, here's another one from them. Uh, this source is from a man named Daniel A. Becker, May 1940. A giant lived in a cave located on the southern slope of Elk Mountain in the early days before the white man came, exacting two buffaloes every fortnight from the Indians living south of the mountains for tribute. He was a constant and fearful menace. Yeah, especially if you didn't give him any tribute. <clears throat> so for those that don't know, a fortnight is two weeks. So every week he's getting a buffalo. As the years went by and the buffalo became more scarce because of the frequent buffalo hunts of the many tribes of Indians, the fulfilling of the giant's request was made increasingly difficult. Slowly then, the white men came in, and they also organized buffalo hunts. Finally, when the Indians found it almost impossible to furnish the required number of buffalo, they held a council. A young brave was designated to confer with the giants concerning their problem. Cattle were to be suggested as a substitute. Approaching the entrance of the cave, the brave called, Great giant, I come before you to ask an important question. What is it you want, said the giant. There are not enough buffalo on the prairies or in the mountains. Will you accept the beef of cattle instead? We've been eating it for a few years now and find it very delicious. <laughs> Trying to sell the cattle industry. My goodness. So the giant says back to him, cattle are very small, but I shall be satisfied if your tribe will bring me 20 replied the giant. Cattle were thus substituted for buffalo, but the change of diet did not seem to agree with the giant. He became increasingly irritable and nervous and menacing. The coming of so many white men bringing confusion to the quiet mountain country was also very disquieting to the giant. The Indians, trying to appease his wrath, brought him 40 beef cattle. Finding his new diet more and more disagreeable and the encroachment of the white man unbearable, the giant finally departed his cave for a more secluded spot further north into a larger mountain range. You would think that, that you know, departing into a mountain range, that it would probably have its own cave or something or cave system to get around in. Well, I mean, back in those days, you know, it's, well, like today, the big cryptids, if they don't have a cave system, get back and forth and they just travel around at night. We don't see very well in the dark, you know, so they just stay away from us, move around at night. We don't know what they're doing. We've also found evidence that some of the big, uh, really large Bigfoot, when they're moving around their local area, will actually walk in the river because most of the time it's not deep enough to bother them at all, and it masks their footprints completely. I mean, you're not down at the bottom of the river looking for Bigfoot tracks. So the next one, we got an interesting story from the Modoc tribe. The Modoc were historic residents of northeastern California and central southern Oregon. Today, as a result of the Modoc War of 1872-73, they're split into two major tribes, one living on the reservation in Oregon and the other in Oklahoma. Their language is part of the Penutian family, and the traditional Modoc word for Bigfoot is Matakagmi. The Modoc Klamath traditional word is Yahyahas. Now, Mata Kagmi, uh, as some of the li repeat listeners here that heard about me talking about the Yeti not too long ago, that name is really, really close to what the actual name of the Yeti is, which is Meto Kagmi. 
Matakagmi Metokangmi. Okay. So here's the story about Matakagmi. Source encounters with Matakagmi, Mini Smokes National American Indian Magazine, fourth quarter, 1968, and again, Modoc County, California. The story, grandfather was walking along a deer trail near a lake just about dusk when he saw up ahead something that looked like a tall bush. Upon coming a little closer, he became aware of a strong odor, sort of musky. He then gave a close look at the bush and suddenly realized it was not a bush at all. It was covered from head to foot with thick, coarse hair, much like horse hair, and he took a step closer, but the creature made a sound that sounded like, Nyah! Grandfather now knew that this was the one the old one spoke about, a Sasquatch. Although it was growing darker, Grandfather was able to see quite clearly two soft brown eyes through the hairy head part. Then the creature moved slightly, and Grandfather made a noise. Excuse me. Grandfather made a motion of friendship and laid down the string of fish that he had been carrying. The creature evidently understood this as it quickly snatched up the fish and struck out through the timber nearby. It stopped only for a moment and made a sound that my grandfather never forgot. A long, low, grandfather called them people. He referred to the people as Matakagmi. It was only a few weeks after his encounter with the Matakagmi that he was awakened one morning by some strange noises outside his cabin. Upon investigating, he found a stack of deer skins, fresh and ready for tanning. Off in the distance, he heard that strange sound once again. After this, there were other items left from time to time, such as wood for fuel and wild berries and fruits. It was a few years later that Grandfather had his second but far more amazing contact with the Sasquatch. A timber rattler had struck him in the leg while guiding men searching for gold. He had gone ahead of the group and was therefore alone when this occurred. Grandfather killed the snake and started to come back down to a more comfortable spot, but soon found it difficult to go on, and as best as he can remember, he became sick to his stomach and fainted. When he came around again, he thought he was dreaming for three large Sasquatch, about eight to ten feet tall, had him surrounded. He noted that they had made a small cut on the snake's snake bite and had somehow removed some of the venom and placed cool moss on the bite. Then one of the Matakagmi made a kind of grunting sound and the two lifted him up and took him down a trail that he did not know about. Finally, after some little descent down the mountainside, they placed him under a low brushy tree and left. Again, Grandfather heard that mournful cry of the Sasquatch. After a while, he began to feel better, but then he took his old 44 caliber cap and ball pistol and began to fire some shots in the air. Finally, the gold party found him. Grandfather said nothing about what happened concerning the Sasquatch. He was taken back to where the pack mules were tied and then onto the nearest little town where he rested for a few days and then returned to Tula Lake. Grandfather told only his immediate family about this encounter and after this would never take anyone for any amount of money to the Mount Shasta region. He would only say, Metakagmi live, that holy place, I have friends there. For many years after it, in the still of the evening, or sometimes late at night, he would still hear the sound he knew well, the call of the Sasquatch. Grandfather went on to relate that the Matakagmi were not vicious, but were very shy, especially of the white man, and they generally only came out in the evenings and at night. They lived chiefly on roots they dug and berries and only ate meat in the bitterest of cold weather. Their homes are in deep mountainside burrows unknown to man. 
That almost sounds like a wild man more than a Sasquatch, though, doesn't it? No, that's exactly what the wild man and the wild man is the Sasquatch, as far as I can tell. In a lot of these reports, they use the names interchangeably. Remember, in the the olden days, they didn't have, and nobody knew the name Sasquatch, and until the 1950s, nobody was using the term Bigfoot. So everything before that, they were calling them wild men, you know, escaped gorillas. They had different local names for them that they would apply to them. I get that. I get that. My goodness. Just, I guess when I look at a wild man, Duke, I think it's like some of these feral humans that have gone off to live in the forest and be one with nature. You know, that's what I would consider more of a wild man rather than a Sasquatch. Well, back in the days when they were throwing the term wild man around, your average citizen was more of a savage than a wild man would be today. So what were they, you know, what were they referring to? You know, it wasn't just like roving packs of cannibals living in the woods that were prone to eat you. That kind of stuff happened too. Uh, and still does. But, uh, you know, in most of the old historical cases, that's one of the things that's interesting to ferret out what they're talking about. Because sometimes they'll just say, wild man was sighted, blah, 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 no description. You don't know what they're talking about. And other times you get a description and it's like, oh, wild man, you know, two heads taller than your average man was spotted near blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's probably not a wild man. It's probably a Bigfoot. You know, this, this is all news report stuff. With the... Uh, the native tribes, uh, they know what they're talking about because they're dealing with this sort of thing all the time. And I think this is, yeah, here's another example right here, the Cherokee. we got enough time to finish the story from them. Uh, when first contacted by Europeans, they were a large tribe spread throughout most of the eastern and southeastern U.S. Forced removal of over 20,000 people, known as the Trail of Tears, relocated the Cherokee to Oklahoma. Two federal recognized tribes are in Oklahoma and North Carolina, and their smaller communities spread across most of the states in the South. As part of the Iroquois Confederation of Language stock, the traditional Cherokee names for a Bigfoot-like creature are Tsikekudle, which is hairy, savage, and Nunyunuwi, which is stone man. So right there, why do they have two names for it? And again, note the description. Hairy savage, that's a Bigfoot. Stone man, that's a Janosqua. That's the stone coats again. Everybody in the Confederation had a separate name for those things. Which, again, should tell you right there, they've all got names for Bigfoot, and they've also all got names for this other thing. Oh, I think I've got a short report. This is this one's scary. This is the Choctaw. Originally from Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana, Choctaw were forcibly removed to Mississippi and Oklahoma in the 1800s. Their language is part of the Muscogean stock, not Iroquoian. Very closely related to Chickasaw. Their traditional names for Bigfoot are Cachihotopalo, which is Cannibal Man, Nalusophilia, Big Giant, and Champe, Giant Monster. Again, why three names? Note right. descriptions. Yeah, okay. So, Champe. All the evil spirits of the Choctaws have followed them on their long journey from the western part of North America. And this is part of their legend. They used to live on the west coast, and there was some kind of horrible disaster a long time ago that made them move. 
And this has been backed up by the archaeological record, major volcanic eruptions a few thousand years ago when they moved east. The most horrible and frightening of all the beasts that followed them is the hideous monster that Choctaws call the Champe. A Champe is a giant in the form of the ugliest Choctaw beast. Think of our idea of an ogre. He lives in the deepest part of the woods, so far in the forest that no Choctaw has ever been able to find the location of his huge dark cave. The Champe cannot stand the brightness of the sun or the open air. The smell of blood will attract him, and he will follow the person who has been hunting and carrying wounded game. Champes do not have very good vision, but they have a keen sense of smell. They can track any person or animal. They make whistling noises as he stalks through the forest. His scent is so terrible that many people have died from his odor. While he looks like a gigantic form of a Choctaw, he smells like a skunk. Some of them are really hairy like an ape, while others are hairless. Choctaws won't live in an area where Champe. No, they don't like them Champes. Super Duke for World Bigfoot Radio. Thank you so much for the cryptid report. We'll talk to you next week. Have a very Merry Christmas, my friend. Coming up next, it's Dave 101 night. Elon has his rockets being followed. We'll tell you more next. Duke, do do Duke, 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 Duke, do do Duke. You want to hear something with a heavy metal version of that song? That's a story about Santa Claus being captured by Yetis in the Himalayas. It's on a channel. It's on a channel on YouTube called Anonymous Yeti. Go look it up. It's freaking hilarious. Wow. Wow. And yeah, it's it's narrated by the Yeti himself. He's telling the story of how he captured Santa Claus. Hmm. <laughs> Apparently Santa farted at him and stuff too. Pissed mm, him off. Yeah, I would be pissed off too. I would be. All right, buddy. We will let you go. See y'all this weekend, everybody. Remember two shows, Haunted Horse Ranch on Saturday and then Sabila Irwin, Ace Bigfoot Artist on Sunday. And that Haunted Horse Ranch show, oh my God. It's like the friggin' Skinwalker Ranch, only the Florida version of it. Beautiful. Everything you can think of is going on there. All of our listeners need to head down there because... Our after-hours show is not on this weekend or next weekend due to the holidays. Uh, so head over to Super Duke this weekend. Thanks, brother. Love you guys. Love Merry you too, Christmas, man. and I'll see you later. Merry Christmas, Duke. Good night. All right. I'm going to step away for just a couple of seconds. I'll be right back.
right. Thank you to our super chatters tonight. W. David Page, Cat Chaser, Von Patrick, D. Cohen, Lily Pond, Midwest, Forrest, Louie, and Deb. Very much appreciate the love. Thank you so much for all your love and support. And here we go, everyone, with the final half hour. third we're heading for home tonight on spaced out radio thank you so much for joining us my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears I want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old davy the favor hit that subscribe button our website is spacedoutradio.com. we have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where I yell at you to get off my lawn. It's a Dave 101. claiming his rockets are being followed by anomalous objects. I want to start off by saying Merry Christmas to all of you. You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think of calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. What's the worst that could happen? You get pulled over, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you total your car, you kill someone. The results of driving drunk are tragic. That's why law enforcement is out there looking for impaired drivers to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA. Bobby Bones here. What do the holidays mean for you? You know, to most, it means getting together with families for the gatherings and maybe traveling or shopping at the mall for gifts. With that comes a bigger chance you'll get exposed to COVID. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year with an updated vaccine. Updated vaccines are available and provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. Embrace everything that the holidays mean to you with the protection of an updated COVID vaccine. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Help keep COVID out of your holiday plans this year. Provide protection against the original virus and Omicron. Find updated vaccines at vaccines.gov. They're free, and chances are you can find one right in your neighborhood. That's vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Out there in Spaced Out Radio Land. It has been a wonderful year of news and updates and monsters and UFOs and aliens. And 
I want to start off by spreading some Christmas cheer, as this is the final Dave 101 right before we head off to the Christmas break. Now, I want to say a big, big thank you, number one, to all of our listeners and our radio stations across North America and our listeners who literally join us around the world. We have had people coming into our chat rooms from multitudes of countries, from Indonesia to Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Tasmania. We've had listeners in Thailand, South Africa, all over Europe, all over North America, and some even in South America. It really shows the way this show is growing and all of your interests in the weird topics that we talk about on a nightly basis. Now, you can listen to this show for fun, or you can listen to it because you have an interest, or maybe you're an experiencer on what goes on. That's what makes all of you part of our Spaced Out Radio family. And I want to say thank you to each and every one of you and our radio stations with uh, two down in Apache Junction. Len Novin, thank you so much to Chuck Contreras in Ridgecrest, California, to Jody Panu in Mississauga, Ontario, Ryan O'Neill in uh, Newton, Georgia, to uh, Joe over in New Orleans, and to the team up in Bellingham, Washington. Thank you so much for everything that you guys have done to allow us to bring Spaced Out Radio to your radio audiences. It really is a pleasure and an honor to be able to broadcast to you on a nightly basis right here. To all of our listeners who listen to us on YouTube, you've really made our channel take off this year. You've helped spread the word. You've helped uh, grow this channel to well over 20,000 subscribers. Now, that may not sound like much compared to some of the bigger channels you're used to doing, but it's pretty damn big for our community. And without all of you and your support, we wouldn't be anywhere close to where we need to be. Your questions that you come on in are brilliant. You are a brilliant audience all around to everybody who is in our chat rooms and follows us on Twitter and and every social media aspect. We only look to get bigger and stronger for the coming year as we look to take this to a new level in 2023. I'm not even done yet with figuring out what is going on. We have a lot more to talk about, a lot more monsters, a lot more mayhem, a lot more UFOs, a lot more true crime, and it's all coming at you. And I'm very excited for everything that 2023 is going to bring for this show. Each and every one of you who is listening, whether you are in our chat rooms or whether you are in radio land or podcast land or just somebody who checks us on out the odd time when you're bored. You have made a giant difference in all of our lives. So on behalf of my entire Spaced Out Radio team, I wish you all a Merry Christmas, a safe holiday right through the New Year's, and it just means so much to us that each and every one of you would trust us with your listening ears that it's... It's something that I can never explain or express properly to you. You all mean the world to me. And it's humbling that you take the time to listen to us because time is one of the most precious moments we have as a human being. We never have enough of it. We never know when we're going to check in and we don't know when we're going to check out. And the fact that you choose to spend your time with us, some up to three hours plus a night 
I could never ask for anything more from each and every one of you than what you already give to this show. You buy our swag, you you listen, you promote your, our show on your social media channels. You do that without us asking for anything in return. And I want you to know that we absolutely love you for it. Those listeners, uh, listeners will come and go. Hey, people's lives change. You get into relationships. You get out of relationships. You you change shifts of jobs. You know, health problems come aboard. But the main thing is we can always be uh, known as we are going to be consistent for you in what we do in bringing the woo to you each and every night. And the fact that you mean so much to us means that we have to get bigger. We have to get better for 2023. We have to be able to continue to appease what you are wanting out of us. And we will continue to do so. And we will continue to push harder, to be bigger, to be better, to be stronger each and every time we take to the airwaves live for you, no matter whether you're on the terrestrial side or whether you are watching on the internet side. You you have no idea how much I love to brag about our audience and, and the brilliance that you guys bring to this show. And thank you from the bottom of my heart, from everybody on our Spaced Out Radio team, Jessica Jones from Off the Trails, the After Hours show with with uh, Grant and Danielle and Nick. We are soon going to be adding a fourth to that show, a gentleman named Marquise Williams. You guys are going to love him. He's a UFO experiencer. To Terry Hall and and Duke Sullivan and Tim Senor for making this special. Uh, to Cat and Filth for uh, helping book the show and making this such a, a, a grand, grand night for all of you for picking out Wonderful, wonderful guests for us to speak with on a nightly basis. It is absolutely amazing, you know, and and everybody else that is a part of us, you know, whether they're on the booking side, whether they're on the business side, whether they are on the on-air side, each and every one of you means something to us. And I want to thank you all for being there with us night in and night out. And hey, we're going to continue to make mistakes because we are only human. But we're going to continue to learn from those to make sure that we can bring stronger programming to you in the near future as well. So on behalf of everybody with Spaced Out Radio, once again, Merry Christmas to all of you out there. I'm not a happy holidays kind of guy, okay? I'm not. It's Christmas time. They're not holiday trees. They're Christmas trees. They're not holiday lights. They're Christmas lights. Call me a traditionalist. Call me a dinosaur. Don't care. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So thank you very much. Now, getting to another topic at hand here that I wanted to bring up with all you guys. Elon Musk recently stated something that we knew was going on, something that I have told you for months had been going on, and that is that almost every rocket that fires into space literally is followed. Now, in a recent article, Musk came out said that there seems to be weird anomalies following the rockets when they enter space. No kidding, Elon. We know that Elon Musk has been read in by NASA on what's going on. We know that he has also been very vague on the topic when it comes to UFOs or aliens. This is one of the closest times we have actually heard him say anything regarding UFOs 
and the SpaceX rockets. Now, we have been telling you for months and complaining, whining, bitching, moaning about how NASA has lied to you. And Elon Musk now coming out with that once again proves that NASA has been lying to you. At some point, we got to get to some honesty here. Where is the honesty when it comes to what they know? Where are these UFOs coming from? Look, these astronauts who are trained are the best of the best. They are people out there who are literally pushing the limits when it comes to knowledge, education, science, and their own skills of being at the top of their game. That's why they are chosen as astronauts. They're not chosen because they can dig a ditch pretty good or clean teeth very well. No, these are people who are highly trained observers. They are highly trained in everything that they do. We need to start trusting their words. And now with SpaceX having so many different cameras on board each rocket, we got to start trusting those images that are coming back that we'll probably never get to see. But we're going to have to take Elon's word for that. The UFOs, aliens, whatever you want to call them, they seem to have a very vested interest and curiosity about what we're putting into space. As we know, this has been happening since the Gemini program way back in the 60s, followed by Mercury, followed by Apollo, followed by the 80s when we entered the shuttle program. All of them have recorded UFO sightings the minute they leave our atmosphere. Why are they following us? We don't know. Where are they coming from? Well, we know it's not Earth because other countries really don't have the tech to be doing that. The Chinese and the Russians already know when we're putting our rockets up. Now, have they got these fancy space drones that are maybe saying, hey, what kind of satellites are they releasing? Could be. I doubt it. Because those same satellites would have been there in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Not just today. This is something that is going to continue to grow. These sightings, these astronauts who will have these experiences. Will they continue to keep quiet? Or will they be like Dr. Edgar Mitchell? Or McDivitt? Or Cooper? Or a plethora of others who have come out stating that they saw unidentified flying objects while in space? Look, the skeptics out there can sit there and say, well, they saw reflections off the ocean. They saw space junk. They saw whatever. No, no, they didn't. Look, there is always human error. And we know that human error happens every day. We know that our eyes play tricks on us. But when you get the best of the best out there who are flying commercial airlines, private airlines, private contractors, fighter pilots, military pilots, astronauts, part of their job is to make sure that aircraft, whatever it is, a rocket or an F-18, are being flown very safely. They know what's in the sky. Their radars let them know. 
And when their radar is not picking up something or their cameras are picking up something or the pilots themselves are seeing something following them, there's a good chance that's not human technology. We're not going to follow our own rockets to play tricks on them. We didn't during Apollo. We didn't during Mercury. We didn't do it during the X-15 test flights. We didn't do it during Gemini. We're not doing it now. That's just a simple reality. Show me proof, Dave. Look, it's just obvious proof. The fact is we continue to see rockets being flown up into space. And the more rockets that we put in space, the more curious these UFOs are going to become. They've seen us land on the moon, according to Edgar Mitchell. They've seen us blow up in the sky during our own mechanical errors. They've seen the best and the worst tragedies of NASA, and they are being followed. The question is, when will Elon Musk and NASA come out and actually admit that this is happening? We already know NASA isn't admitting anything because they are treating us like fools. They are treating us like we are stupid when it comes to unidentified flying objects. We got to remember and we got to add to our accounts that this is happening, that there is something watching us out in space. And ladies and gentlemen, no, it isn't Santa Claus. That's your Dave 101. And if you have a comment, you want to let me know what you think on our YouTube channel, leave a comment below and let us know what you feel. And once again, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. And I hope you have a very safe holiday season. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Pink News. All right, let's get right to it. Start off with Nostradamus. 22 nearly over. It looks towards 2023 now. And if you're looking for predictions of Nostradamus, well, not much reason again to be optimistic. The 600-year dead astronomer, astrologer, from France, made his predictions in 1555 in the book Le Prophecy. All right? And, yeah, we're still apparently following it. Some believe Nostradamus's writings of the past have been eerily accurate with his predictions, like the attacks on September 11th, the assassination of President Kennedy, and Hitler's rise to power. And if his track record is anything to go by, his predictions for 2023 are nothing to get excited about. Well, let's take a look why. On one gloomy forecast, he predicts a great war will be coming in the following year, which could be a reference to the ongoing conflict of Russia-Ukraine. But who knows? The Americans may drop the gloves somewhere in there. Nostradamus wrote, Seven months great war, people dead through evil. Rouen Evreux shall not fall to the king. This is in line to indicate that the French city of Rouen will be safe from warfare. However, the astrologer's writings have also alluded to a great celestial fire of, on the royal edifice. Given that the edifice usually refers to a large building, this would seemingly imply that a royal residence could be impacted. However, it's not known where this fire would come from. Economic disaster seems to be on the menu for next year also, as Nostradamus wrote. So a high will... the. So high will the bushel of wheat rise that man will be eating his fellow man. 
This comes as most of the world struggles through a cost-of-living crisis through the likelihood of man eating his fellow man can be disputed. Nostradamus's writings have also suggested that global warming could continue like the sun the head shall sear the shining sea. The Black Sea's living fish shall all but boil. When Rhodes and Genoa half starved shall be, the local folk cut them up shall toil. However, not all the predictions linked to the coming year are cause for concern. He also seemingly predicted that humans will set foot on Mars, referencing light falling on Mars. And... Ultimately, the reliability of Nostradamus's writings have been heavily debated over the years. His predictions do not come with dates and are often written in obscure and mysterious ways. Yep, but we're still looking and partying like it's 1555. Yeah, this police officer may uh, have wanted to be a little bit more discreet. His name, Christian Goggins of the Phoenix Police Department, At night, after he took his badge off and his uniform, he was literally uh, going into porn. Yeah, Arizona's largest police department is now investigating the 30-year-old's after-hours antics. Now, some of you may say, hey, what he does in his off time is completely his time. Why should it be even included? Well, the Arizona Republic reports that while he was on duty and working at home, Gogans was channeling Rico Blaze In X-rated videos on his public Twitter page, now private, he wrote, I create art, and my eggplant emoji is the pen. He reportedly began making porn in 2019, the year he joined the police force. Apparently, the copulating cop has had been traveling to porn Second City, Las Vegas, to star in extremely graphic X-rated videos. Phoenix Police... Uh, now say Gogans is the subject of an open internal investigation. He was on home duty for non-disciplinary reasons. I don't know about that. I, I don't know how I feel about that. In one way, it's kind of ew. But on the flip side, if it doesn't affect his duty, shouldn't he be allowed to do what he wants if it's not illegal on his personal side? A Cousin Eddie display in Kentucky apparently looked a little too real and police were called to check it on out. After receiving a call, a dispatcher described the scene to responding officers as a male standing outside. He is naked. He has a robe covering part of his body. He's exposing himself, and he has a hose between his legs. Officers arrived at the Shepherdsville home to find a mannequin in the yard from Cousin Eddie and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It was decorated just like Cousin Eddie during the crapper is full type of exercise. How do you not know it's not it's Cousin Eddie? This is a brilliant Christmas ornament. How do you not know? How do you get mad at this? I don't even know. Words have no say. If, if you haven't seen Christmas Vacation, shame on you. It is the greatest Christmas movie ever. Ever. Anyways, Texas officials are feeling the heat after their safe driving tweets caused concern from residents in an attempt to raise awareness of distracted driving during the holiday season. The Austin Transportation Department tweeted someone creatively festive yet extremely visceral tweets about jolly old St. Nick. The Transport Department's official Twitter account said, I saw Bommy kissing Santa Claus as inspiration except they may have taken some liberties with the lyrics, I saw mommy killing Santa Claus. Ouch. 
We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight on Spreaker, YouTube, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, Twitter, and yeah, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the woo train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Merry Christmas. And we will talk to you next week. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people.